Yo, yo, mic check, mic check. You good. Alright, cool, cool, cool. We got we got Craig back up in this piece, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Alright, so it is July second, brother. Yes July, it is. Two days before the fourth. July second, man. You know what I'm saying? And and I ain't even gonna lie to you, bro, like like champagne hits a lot different than regular liquor, dog. <laughs> yes it does oh, especially when you're partying <laughs> man 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 like like earlier when i first when i first popped the seal bro it was like you know what i'm saying this ain't doing nothing but now i ain't gonna lie to you man like shit mm-hmm. it's that time people. to simmer that's all it is man that time to simmer went from floating went from floating to feeling like I weigh a thousand pounds now, bro. Damn, shoot, and to play with, man. You you, you went from a hot air balloon to a a, a thing full of lead. Yeah, but I ain't mad at it though. Okay, yeah, I ain't mad at it, man. All right, but yeah, dog. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, <laughs> I, I ain't mad at it though, like. You know what I'm saying? Champagne. Champagne hit a little different, man. There's some good mm-hmm. shit right here. You know what I mean? But anyway. <laughs> oh. But anyways, a continuation on the last convo that mm-hmm. we had, brother. You know what I mean? We 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 talked about personal classics last mm-hmm. time we uh we discussed this. So question for you here is. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned a couple personal classics, and we can get into some of those a little bit later. Now, mm-hmm. when it comes to a personal classic, do you feel as though it has to age properly? Is it a way that it captures? Does it capture a moment? Is it a feeling that you attach to it? What is it that makes a personal classic a personal classic? In your opinion, D. Smith. All right. Uh, just like you said, it, ca- it captures a moment in how you feel when you first saw it or when you re-saw it again the second time and, uh, and how it makes you feel. That's how I look at things. Like, I, nev- I didn't start really watching movies until I first got Netflix in high school. Because before, before then, I would watch movies, but I never really saw movies. You know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, you or when you're a te- teenager, a young teenager that don't like pay attention to that stuff. That stuff don't hit. It's differently until you're like a teenager that actually can see the the messaging and understand nuances and pay uh-huh. attention to how good the storyline is. That's how I first saw Qu- uh, Quentin Tarantino. And all his movies. Of course, I knew him from Pulp Fiction, and I'd seen bits and pieces of Pulp Fiction. But you know, growing up around my uncle, um, he wouldn't. He he was the cool guy that let you see movies, but he wouldn't let you see them all the way if he felt like some some was in there that he wouldn't let you see. So uh, that movie and Scarface were like the really adult movies mm-hmm. that I wasn't allowed to watch. But you know, everybody did and wanted to watch those movies so 
those were the, some of the first uh, movies I saw um, on Netflix. And that's why um, Reservoir Dogs, I first saw that in high uh-huh. school. Uh-huh. And that, and that, mo- that movie hit so, so like, that, that's how I realized why people love uh, Quentin Tarantino was because of that movie. Okay. So, so let me ask you this then, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Because in my opinion, I think that Pulp Fiction might be the most popular movie attached, mm-hmm. to, attached to Quentin Tarantino, but I don't think it's his best movie. I don't. I would agree. I, I really don't. So, um, <laughs> and it's not really even my favorite, to be honest with you. Pulp Fiction it is, is a classic. Either, but it, it is close. It's up there. Yeah. And and I, there's no denying that that movie's a classic. And when you think about the 90s, it has to be, you know, one of them that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Man, that shit is hidden, bro. <laughs> but, um, but I think, uh, I say, to me, I think Kill Bill, Kill Bill is probably my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I look at those as one movie. Yeah, because mm-hmm, it is real realistically. Yeah. I look at Kill Bill. I don't. I don't look at that as a movie and a sequel. I look at that. There's a difference. You see what I'm saying? Like Kill Bill is a part one and a part two, but it's really mm-hmm. one movie in my opinion. It's not a sequel because I don't know. We ain't gonna get into that. But I think Kill mm-hmm. Bill is probably my favorite. But overall, I think. In terms of the aesthetic and the whole black exploitation kind of mm-hmm. influence that he started out with, Jackie Brown is probably the best Quentin Tarantino movie, in my opinion. Mm. It's up there, but it wouldn't say mine. Mine, but yeah, okay. Jackie Brown is really good. It is, bro, <laughs> and it's and that's the only movie that he's directed that wasn't an original property because that was based on a book. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Jackie Brown is that one right there. Like, you know, Samuel Jackson was very underrated in that movie. That overall, like all together, that movie is that mo- that, that is a perfect movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jackie Brown is a perfect fucking movie in my opinion, bro. And and I think Reservoir Dogs. I like Reservoir Dogs more than Pulp Fiction as well. I ain't gonna lie to you. I agree. Res- in fact, Reservoir Dogs is my favorite, and then Kill Bill would be second. But that that's just me. No, I, I, so like so back to what you were saying though. My bad. That was a little tangent. My bad. All right. No, 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 no. But 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 the the way you see things in. The way they make you feel mm-hmm. is 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 ha- is how you engage in cl- in classics that way. Same thing with John Wick, man. The fact that I didn't even know who he was until high school pissed me off, and that, and and I had to and I had to go buy um, Hard Boiled on um, on DVD. Made me so mad. I was so mad. Because uh, because block. Yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> uh, Blockb- Blockbuster just shuttered, and I was like, fuck, man, I really want to watch some John Woo movies. Mm-hmm. And I had to go online and buy um, Hard Boiled 
and then I saw Killer, and then I saw uh, A Better Tomorrow. Man. Oh, so you seen the whole... You, so you seen I see, the I whole... See most of, ah. I see most of almost all of them. I still haven't seen I Once Was a Thief yet, though. I need, I need to see if that's any good. So you seen the whole, like... The whole John Woo trilogy then. You mm-hmm. see all of them joints. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've seen, I've seen Hard Boiled because Donovan, me and Donovan had a discussion about Hard Boiled. And, and we're not ready to do that on this podcast just yet. We will. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, before the end of the year, I think we'll have to do like a movie of the week or something on, mm-hmm. um, on Hard Boiled. Now, if I'm not mistaken, though, okay. Have you seen City on Fire? Have you seen that? No, one? no, I still haven't seen that yet, and I'm I'm mad about that too. Right, because that's the one that supposedly Reservoir Dogs is kind of inspired Rip, by, right? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I I love Quentin, but I, after I, I've seen them shot uh, shot by shot comparisons, ugh, that's a that's a rip off. <laughs> that's a straight up rip off. <laughs> All right. So I still haven't seen I still haven't seen The Killer and mm-hmm. I still haven't seen um uh Better Tomorrow. Uh The Killer uh I'm mad that you haven't cuz that was on Netflix for a while. Yeah. While yeah. before it got it got until they took it off. Uh mm-hmm. Better Tomorrow is good. Um the sequel is whack except for the final final um the final uh, shootout but yeah, mm-hmm. those, those oh, John Wick, please come back, please come back and do more action movies, please. Stop but, doing, uh, stop doing uh, romance and drama movies, please. Okay, so again, I think hard boiled, like bro, oh my goodness, man, mm-hmm. bro, mm-hmm. oh man, yep. man. bro, the I tea mean, house scene, bro, that, listen. Uh, bro, and that was at the beginning that of the makes movie. You make a mo- yes, and that 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 make that makes you want to make a movie, man. That that scene that scene where the dude is shooting the AK and he jumps on to the uh to the table and just does flips as the shots almost hit him and he and he, he puts the pistol on old dude's head before blowing <laughs> his brains out, he spits out the toothpick. Come on, man. Come I mean, on, man. Yeah, man, because on one end you think about it on one end, on one end, how corny is that, right? Right. Like, yes, but but he makes it look cold blooded. Yeah. Right. So, so you don't even look at it as like you know that shit is lame right there. No, they framed the way explaining it like that makes mm-hmm. it sound like some bullshit. But it's like, yeah, nah, bro, like the way that they. There's something about the way that they 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 did that to where it's like, yo, this mm-hmm. is fucking. This is art right here, man. He took action movies and made a new category. Gun, uh, gun food? I think yeah. that's what people started calling that shit after that. Like, he, yeah. he made it look so beautiful. And I remember watching something on YouTube, a guy explaining how he, how he angles his shots so well that every... Every shot feels like weight behind it. As the, the characters even pull the trigger, it feels like you could feel the weight. And I agree with that. 
Well, hold on, bro. Hold on, man. Cause see, I don't want. We can't. I don't. I don't <laughs> Hey, I'll stop there. I'll stop there. I, I I just I just wanted to say that. Yeah, bro. Like, man, man, man. Oh man, yeah. Hard boiled, hard might be in there running. Like that. That's probably all I'm gonna say is this. All I'm gonna <laughs> say is this, bro. We're gonna revisit this, but my man was mm-hmm. in the hospital. It was in the hospital, bro. And they knew that the boys was coming, man. Like the, <laughs> the the cops, the cops raided that hospital like they were going in for a heist or some shit like that. My man <laughs> said, he said they only have thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like straight up and down, bro. That's mm-hmm. one of the you know. I, I fuck with my bad guy movie quotes and that's that's an all-time movie quote right there dog they only mm-hmm. have 38 and then he just hmm, hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, like that's some anyways yeah you're right man hard-boiled movie of the week coming very soon bro but um with the killer and a better tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta see those too, man. I gotta see you do, bro. You do. Uh, bro, I need to find that gif of uh, Chow Young Fat from A Better Tomorrow. He, he, he looks. He, he. After he shoots that guy in the hallway, he looks so smooth. Looks so smooth. I swear, he, he was like, he was almost like Bruce Willis, their version of Bruce Willis, but with more comedic tone. Okay, so, so let's, 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 uh. Let's get to this then, right? All right. Oh, man. Is Die Hard better than Hard Boiled? Damn, bro. Why you got to be like that? No. No. still better. Wait, wait, wait. So Hard Boiled is better than Die Hard? For yes. The For the record. I agree. But that's about the slimmest of slimmest margins. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I would say so. I would say so. Slimmest of slimmest margins because I don't know that, um, I don't know that there are too many action movies, American action movies. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm going to leave it alone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm gonna leave it alone. All right, continuing on here. So, with personal classics, I want to get back to a little bit of music here. Want to talk? Want to talk to you a little bit about some about some hip hop here for a second? Because when it comes to classic hip hop albums, and I'm on Twitter, and I said this before, but I'm not mm-hmm. gonna repeat myself on Twitter. Hip, every hip hop conversation is the same every day mm-hmm. of the week, bro. The mm-hmm. same shit on, 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 on in hip hop. And the same I, arguments too, huh? Yeah, every Almost day. The same bro. artists. Every fucking day. Okay, reasonable doubt or stillmatic. Oh well, it was written was better than reasonable doubt. Oh, okay. So is Jay Z better than Nas or is Nas better than Jay? Every fucking day, bro. Yo, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. 
every fucking day it's the same conversation. So I'm going to try to avoid some of the obvious kind of classics here. But let me let me just talk a little bit here because you you went into yeah. detail about uh, Demon Days last time mm-hmm. we talked here, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's one album in particular that that I've circled back to since my sophomore year in high school, bro. Um, Hell Hath No Fury by The Clips came out in 2006, my sophomore year in high school, bro. And I, I don't know what it is, man. It's almost however many years later since then. And I still can go back and listen to that album like it just came out. I remember vividly me and my brother going to the, you know, the record store. I already mm-hmm. to the record store. I remember he bought Hell Hath No Fury by the Clips that day, and I bought a game second album, The Doctor's Advocates, the same day. That was the last physical CD that I ever purchased was The Doctor's Advocate by Game in 2006, bro. And it wasn't a bad album. It wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And Game is still a pretty great rapper. You know what I mean? Even with all the gimmicks and everything like that. But mm-hmm. with, that clip, with that Clips album, bro, I kid you not, there's something about the production that the Neptunes put on that 12 tracks by the Clips that has aged flawlessly in the years that it dropped. There are some albums that you can listen to and listen to the beats, the production, the, the lyrics, the hooks, the way that the <laughs> songs are put together. And it kind of tunes you out a little bit because it doesn't age as well as you thought it would. Or it doesn't sound as good as it did when you heard it during its prime or during the time that it came out. Right. Right. The Neptunes, and I wish that people paid more attention than what they do in some of these circles, but I can't blame them because Pharrell Williams, for all intents and purposes, is the front man for the Neptunes. He's an artist and he's a producer, but I think people get it mixed up with him being an artist and assume that he's just the Neptunes by himself. No. The Neptunes is Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. I wish Donovan was on the line right now because he'd be talking some VA shit if we was on the line right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I kid you not, bro. The production that they laid on that album, dog, is fucking flawless, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, The the lyrics that the two of them was putting down, man. I I know that, uh, like, Pusha T just dropped the album I think in, in May. And like, I listen to Pusha T. Pusha T is one of my favorite rappers. But his brother was always better than him. Malice, he goes by No Malice Now and kind of does a little gospel hip hop thing. But that dude just used to be fucking insane with the bars, bro. Like, the shit that these guys were talking on this album, dog, you could make a movie to it. Like, you could write a script. <laughs> You could literally write a Hollywood script circa early to mid-2000s based off of the shit that these guys is rapping about, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? Pusha T mm-hmm. on this album said, he said, this is from $100,000 kitted German drivers with big rims and low pro tires, fucking with college bitches with innocent, looks like Maya. Come on, corrupt their mind, turn them to liars. I groom them well. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, what? What are you talking about right now, bro? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. His brother, and this was on a song called Ride Around Shining. Um, I'm gonna put I'll, I'll send that to you. His brother said Dude. Say what? No, no, I'm just saying do send that to me. Yeah, his his brother Malice on that song said, Welcome to the Wool of Rollies, VS Diamonds in that fifty thousand dollar showpiece. Got me shining. First nigga holla show me. Let that nine millimeter turn a fella ghostly. Well they come on, bro. Like the way that these guys were rapping on that album was unlike anything that I was listening to in 2006. It was so different from the standard modern industry sound at the time because mm-hmm. the earth, like 2006 was the ringtone era. The ringtone era of hip hop yep. was terrible, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking back on it, most definitely, man. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of what the fucks. Yeah. I mean, you know, the snap music era was during that time. Obviously, people might not be fans of mumble rap, as they call it, or Mm -hmm. or pop pop rap. But Mm -hmm. the the ringtone era was so fucking terrible, dog. Niggas was doing the grown men. Grown men (laughs) were doing the chicken. Grown, Grown men were doing the chicken noodle soup, bro. (laughs) <laughs> damn, bro. The fa- damn. What was that again? Wow. It, you 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 probably like. Uh. Wow. The, that, that's so. That's so long ago. I forgot bro, that was a thing. The chicken noodle soup. What? Come on, man. Wasn't the chicken noodle soup with the sauce or some shit like that? Damn. Bro, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm not even bullshitting right now. No, no, you're right. Like, bro, you're bringing back like an old berry. Yeah. I you forgot about that. The chicken noodle soup. This was during the era. This is during, this is right when the internet kind of popped off with yeah, hip hop. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, start, it was starting and, and, um, People were starting to uh, make music on, on uh, right. MySpace. Not even Facebook, MySpace. Oh, MySpace. Anyway. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so everybody who was rapping, instead of instead of actually spitting bars, it was, let me figure out how to... Because TikTok, TikTok now is what the ringtone era was yes. back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to make something that was trendy for TikTok, the rappers were trying to make something that was trendy for a ringtone or mm-hmm. <laughs> shit like that. So, you know, and there were so many bullshit ass dances. Everybody was trying to. Yes. Was, yeah. So, so for me, for me, kind of being, kind of being like, cause my brother, my, like my, most of my musical influences came from like my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I couldn't I couldn't just come home listening to some bullshit because my brother would be like, no, nah, you're not allowed to listen to that. You you're not I'm not letting you listen to that. Shut up and listen to Mob Deep. You know what I'm saying? 
Shut up, shut up and listen to shut up and listen to this to this K Slay mixtape or to this DJ Clue mixtape. So my frame of reference for hip hop was through my brother. So there was no bullshit that you was allowed to listen to when I was at home. Cause my brother just come in the room, turn it off, and be like, nah, I'm not letting you hear this, right? So <laughs> so for me, for me going to school and being the only guy that was really listening to you know, the hardcore, lyrical-type hip-hop, mm-hmm. even at the age of 15, 16, when everybody is at school, you know what I'm saying, doing the Laffy Taffy and cranking that Superman, mm-hmm. like, the Hell Half No Fury album was everything that I wanted and more in the year 2006, bro. Like, I could get... There's so many quotables on that album, bro. Like, oh... Uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. Pusha T said, I ain't spent one rap dollar in three years. Holla. Like, and, and this is, come on, bro. Mr. Me Too? Like, mm-hmm. there's so, there, like, there's so much hidden context behind what they were saying on that song, Mr. Me Too. Pharrell, even Pharrell Williams was dropping some bars on there, bro. He said, I say I got a Benz and you saying me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. You hanging out the window so we can see you, but you ain't hanging out the window when you in that G2. Me too. Or that On the G3, G3 G4, <laughs> like we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. But it didn't even hit me until recently that that was the clips dissing Lil Wayne. Like they were getting that Wayne even back in 2006. For the whole bathing ape and, and, and you know, all of that shit, bro. Like, it didn't even hit me until the other mm-hmm. day when I seen Gilly the Kid in the video. And during that time, nobody knew who Gilly the Kid was. Like, Gilly the Kid has one of the most popular hip-hop podcasts around today with million dollars worth of game. But in 2006, when he was still rapping, he was like, no, Lil Wayne raps the way that he raps because of me. Because I influenced his style. And it's like the name of the song is Mr. Me Too. You see him in the video with clips. And then it's like, oh, shit, the light bulb just went off in my head right now. You know what I mean? To say that that album was ahead of its time would be an understatement, bro. Like, severe understatement, bro. That's a 12, there's 12 songs on that album. And I'll legitimately say that there's one song that I'll probably skip. Other than that, hip-hop perfection. The Neptunes and my book do not miss with any production as it relates to hip-hop, bro. There's something about the way that they make their beats sound that just has a quality to it that's timeless, bro. You can listen to shit that they were producing back in the early to mid-2000s, and it sounds like they produced it in 2022, man. I wish Donovan was on the line so he could talk some of that Virginia shit, bro, but I had to get that round off, because I listened to that album when I was at work the other day, and it was like, yo, this is this is some heavy shit right here, man, and yeah, bro, Hell Hath No Fury 2006 by the Clips is, is one of my personal classics, bro. Easily. Yeah, so. Easily, I could, I could, I could definitely feel it, shoot, 
Man, I, I can keep going with some of this hip hop shit, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later here. Talk to me about comics, man. Let me get let me get a personal classic for comics, dog. Uh, shoot. Um, you know, because it's about to drop drop right now, and I, I I I just finished reading it months ago. Paper Girls. Paper Girls was a good good little um a good little comic. Uh, it's basically like Stranger Things, but instead of interdimensional monsters, it's time travel, and it's pretty dope. I like the uh, relationships between the characters, and they they feel like real girl, real young girls of that time period, and the way that they click with each other is really really good. Being awkward, nervous, and having their little um, problems that they don't they do and don't say, and the fact that they go back in time. And they see themselves and who they'll become and the things that happen to them and how that, influ- how that may influence them to be different in the future is like really, really dope. And the artwork's really good. So I would say Paper Girls. Okay. <clears throat> Paper Girls, huh? All right. So mm-hmm. how long ago did that come out? Uh, 2016. I want to say 2016. Um, and it, it, it wrapped up like not too long ago. Your, your boy, your, your boy is still learning about stuff and and getting into stuff. So most of, most of mine is just stuff that I've read thus far and Mm -hmm. I'm still read I'm still reading like hell right now. I'm, uh, I'm into, uh, uh, deadliest class right now. I'm re I'm reading that like, like I'm reading that like it's almost a soap opera. Oh, it's like that, huh? Uh, it's a violent brutality version of a soap opera thus far. Um, Some good shit. Yeah, yeah. It's good. At first, I was a little worried because the main character is extra moody, and he 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 comes off as like a like an emo kid, and he he exaggerates his life a lot it's a story about a kids going to um a special elite school where they're trained to become assassins but oh see if i go i can't go too far because there's a lot of twists and turns i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say i i i recommend you looking up the cliff notes bro okay I, i definitely recommend you looking up the cliff notes so that that would be another personal one i would say all right and then yeah oh no, no, go uh, ahead. You got, it. you got it. And then everybody who claims to be a Static Shock fan needs to read the original 45 issues of Static Shock. Holy nice. shit. Stuff is good. When yeah. he is he is DC Spider-Man, without a doubt. Without a the doubt. Original, so so can we can we kind of address something here though? Go. Do you think that <laughs> oh man, and I'm uh, uh, I don't want to do this. Bro. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do, it. do you think that because something was a classic in its time, or that mm-hmm. because something was great during the time when it was great, mm-hmm. that that justifies a revival or a reboot as as it relates or or, you know something like that because i feel that 
that original run of Static Shock, while I haven't read it, I've read about it, and mm-hmm. it was a landmark, right? It was, yeah, it was oh, something oh. that... Mm-hmm. Most definitely, most definitely, man. Most does, definitely. Does that mean that it necess- was a was a um? Damn, I'm stumbling over my words and shit. Blame champagne. Was it necessary for a revival? Did we need Static Shock to come back? Yes, because just like all these, like all other comic book characters, you have good, you have uh, ups and downs, man. And mm-hmm. and the fact, the fact, you know. I gotta be honest, and I and I love the I love this character, but I gotta be honest. The fact that DC fucked up so badly that uh, that Marvel was able to make an exact copy of him and is <laughs> running around more popular than he is. More pop- like I didn't know that I didn't know that Static was this good before I read the comics. Cause now it makes me mad that Miles exists. Cause Miles is like a half baked version of him, mixed with Peter Parker. Hey, and that make, and that make, yeah, but it the, the motherfucker should shouldn't be working right now, especially yeah. knowing what I know about Static mm-hmm. and, and what he can do, and the fact that they're not doing anything with him now. I mean, they got a movie in the works, but how long are we gonna wait on that? How long are we going to wait on all these other milestone projects? Come on, man. I ain't got all day to be waiting. And a lot of other people don't either. And the thing is, you're not really going to care all that much when it comes out anyway. Mm -hmm. I will, but most audiences, yeah. Especially if they don't if they don't market the hell out of it and do it just right and get it right the first time. He ain't going to he might not be able to bounce back outside of comics, man. He didn't bounce back on page either, but you know, we're not gonna uh, talk about that. Uh, I, I know, I know. Motherfucker's still holding out hope. Nope. The hope is gone, brother. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I, hey, I'm on this hill alone. Shoot. Hey, listen. I'm gonna give it the beginning of season two, and it, if it doesn't pan out, then then I will fall the fuck out. Look, I commend you, brother. I, I commend you because <laughs> I'm, I'm out of there, man. I, I spent my money on it, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it, it was not it was not to my liking. So mm-hmm. I just got to remove myself from that. You know what I'm saying? So, I understand. Hey, I, <laughs> I, I ain't mad. At, I ain't mad at you. That that's just where I'm at with that. But, but so with, with the original run of Static Shock. Mm-hmm. You think that how much of that showed up in the animated series back in the day? Quite a bit, man. Things mm-hmm. are slight, slightly altered, but most of it still holds up. Mm-hmm. But 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 not not a, not a lot has changed. Um. Uh. Uh. What's what's his friend's name again? Damn, I can't believe I'm flaking on that. Blonde blonde dude with the glasses. I don't remember Richie, what it is. Richie. Okay, Richie. Yeah. There you go. Rich, mm-hmm. uh, Richie was gay in the comics. And right. damn it if, it, if it was to come out now, he'd be gay now. And, and I think they could do a good job with that. Right, right. Well, I remember on the TV show, they alluded to it a little bit, right? Uh, I think one, they, they, they might have said one li- like really, really little thing. But besides that, no. 
Right, right. So it's just interesting to think about this because I feel like with the original, and I mean the story of Milestone Comics, man, like it gets really, it gets really dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, obviously with Dwayne McDuffie and, and, you know, him passing away, but some of those other guys were around working in that industry <clears throat> mm-hmm. in a time that wasn't really receptive to black artists and black writers having vision and telling stories catered to us as an audience. You know? Um, one of the one of the <clears throat> one of the guys who was actually writing with Milestone Comics, man, like his story didn't end very good, bro. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think I, if if you if me and you were talking about the same guy, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, like and something happened recently. Yeah, man, like it it didn't it really didn't end very on a high note that you would think. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, but we we got to get into that, right? But <laughs> just keeping keeping up with this here, so. With comic books, man, and and we addressed some of this the other day, and and everything comes, it always comes back to Watchmen, bro. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? <laughs> if not, it comes pretty close. It always circles back to the Watchmen. I'm going to say this here, bro. I cannot, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't think that Watchmen in 2009 was a great movie, bro, because it was. To me, (laughs) Watchmen is in my top five of superhero movies. Mm, Okay. It, It really is. And I think that that is probably the best movie that Zack Snyder has ever made. Yeah, you're probably right. On, <laughs> you're probably right on that one for sure. And I'd even put it over three hundred. And I think mm-hmm. three. You hear me? Yeah, I heard you. All right, my bad. You, you yeah, stopped that for three hundred. Yeah, I faded out for a second. Three hundred is up there to me as well because I got to take into account when that movie came out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that would that movie would be very problematic. If it were to come out in 2022, extremely mm-hmm. problematic. And there'd be no favorable reviews towards it. But for when it came out and the special effects and everything like that, 300 is a solid movie when you look at it that way. But I think Watchmen is the best movie that Zack Snyder ever made, bro. Okay. And my reason for that, that <clears throat> my reason for that is that um, <clears throat> I still haven't read all of the Watchmen comic book. Mm-hmm. And I know that <clears throat> there are some things that kind of get lost in translation and some changes that get made to the overall story. But I feel like you got to look at the movie and the comic book as two different things at this point. Mm-hmm. To me, the movie highlighted and the book did it as well. The, the thing that the two of those had in common is that they both highlighted 
and explained why superheroes in real life could never work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because how do you, as Dominic Smith, or me as Kobe Jackson, if I have the ability or if I'm given the opportunity to make decisions outside of the law or outside of normal society that can mm-hmm. have an effect on everybody else's life, what would I do? What would anybody do? Why would exactly. How can I make your life better if I'm just allowed to do things that you're not allowed to do? In real life, that doesn't work. Our lives would be much worse if superheroes were a real thing. I would agree. The, the, the boys does, in fact, what you're saying is exactly why I like the boys. Yes. When I, after, I, after I got done watching the first season, that's what I kept thinking to myself. It's like, this should, besides Watchmen, this just mm-hmm. confirmed how having superheroes would be detriment to our society as a whole and the amount of crazy and, and knowing how human beings act and then the idea of giving them powers above other living beings oh hell yeah that would cause massive problems right we'd be fucked right yeah, and absolutely so so the and so the thing that i kind of the thing that i like the most about that movie is that it doesn't pretend that the bad guys haven't already won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I really like that, even though it's set in the 80s and, and everything like that, they it still cap- makes sense for the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they captured a... There, there's something kind of depressing about it. Mm-hmm. To where it's like, damn, you know, these motherfuckers know that they already lost. Like, Dr. Manhattan lost touch with being a human, not because he was all-powerful, all-knowing, and could be everywhere all at once. No. This motherfucker lost hope in humanity because it wasn't worth his fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Eventually. (laughs) It it became frivolous for him. It just became like playing with a toy. Right. And, and I like that. I like that mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of sugarcoating or any of that that went into it, bro. Like, I'll say it's a personal classic for me because I don't know that I don't know what kind of reverence or how people view it, but that's Zack Snyder at his best. Mm-hmm. Everything that he wanted to do with the Justice League, he already had done it with a movie that most people didn't even bother to watch. Exactly. But uh, yeah, there's more that I can say about that, but I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point here. You know what I'm saying? What else we got, bro? Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, Denali. This one was by my dude uh June Bowl. Uh I'll put I'll put up his stuff. I'll put up a, a picture too of it. And he's from um he's from uh the motherland. He's from uh West Africa. And his art style reflects it really, really well. It's beautiful. Um, it's a story about an a African prince whose kingdom has fallen, and he's trying to repair it. And, yeah, there, I, I don't have too much to say about it. 
I, I love Jumbo's um, artwork. He's the guy that did uh, that one I recommended when the year started. I was going to read called Monkey Meat. His, 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 I don't know what it is, the shapes of it, and his, just his African, um, how I say this? Uh, the way he pays tri- tribute to where he's from is beautiful, yeah. and I love it. The aesthetic. The, the yeah, aesthetic. The, the, the aesthetic. Right. Thank you. Thank you. The aesthetic is, is what I love about him. I wish he would do more miniseries and quit doing covers because it annoys the fuck out of me. But whatever. Um, next, I'd say I haven't read all of it yet because there's a lot and I still don't know where I'm going to stop. But the original Spider-Man, can't, one of the few ones that I've been wrecked. Like, with all these characters, you get recommend different people's runs. But Spider-Man, he's not as old, but he's one of the few that you can go back and watch, uh, read his OG version of him. And it's just as good as now. I've read, like, the first 10 issues. And besides a little bit of the corniness from the 60s, it, it still holds up. It still holds up. That, that Peter Parker is still the same Peter Parker. <clears throat> Yeah, they don't miss with Spider Man yeah. page, bro. Yeah. They don't, they don't miss, dog. Like they don't miss as much. I've, I've heard they miss a couple times, but <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't yeah. miss as much. Right. You're right. Let me retract that. The Clone Saga, <laughs> oh, and Ra- and what Clone Saga? Hey, hey, what Clone Saga? That don't exist. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> you're right. I, I throw, I throw another one out there, man, that I haven't finished reading yet, but. <laughs> 100 bullets, man. Oh, my goodness. Whew. 100 bullets, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I can't find any trade paperbacks anywhere. Bro, only why way- didn't you say... Hold on. Let me interrupt you. Why didn't you say nothing? Yeah. Because I, I was in... I was in... um um And uh, what was it? Uh, um, Baltimore, bro. And dude had them in the clearance bins. And I could have gotten you some. Dude had him just sitting there in the clearance bins, right there. One hundred bullets. Now, what was there though? Was it were they trades or were yeah, they? Yeah, there, there, there were like two trades sitting oh, in the box. Word. Thirty percent off, bro. Thirty percent off. At that the time. <laughs> I'm not saying that now, but they no, were. No, and that's crazy because. <clears throat> I haven't been I haven't been anywhere where they have anything on paper from 100 bullets. I found volume 1 trade paperback at Lackland Air Force Base in 2015. And ever since then <clears throat> and ever since then I haven't been able to find that shit nowhere, bro, like anywhere. So, but for me 100 bullets, man. I never got to read Sin City for all intents and purposes, but I feel like 100 bullets is like right up there with what Sin City did or what Frank Miller did with Sin City on page with the whole film noir crime storytelling with real people. You know what I'm saying? Real people living in places and doing things that would affect the normal person. Like the basic premise of 100 bullets is, you know, what would you do if you could kill 
someone who ruined your life with a gun and 100 bullets of untraceable ammo. Right? That's the basic premise, but that's set up against the backdrop of a... (laughs) Oh, man. That's the the basic premise. Mm -hmm. But the, the overall story arc is telling the story of an organization of killers that basically keep the Illuminati in line, bro. (laughs) Yes, that's... See, man, listen. Read 100 Bullets, bro. Agent Agent Graves is one of the coldest comic book characters ever created, bro. Agent fucking Graves, dog. Agent motherfucking Graves. This dude knows how to pull anybody and everybody's strings, man. Like, I really would, because 100 Bullets was supposed to be a TV series back in, like, early 2010s, around that time. 2010, 2012, 2013. It was supposed to be a TV series that was going to air on Showtime, but, you know, some real-world events ended up happening to where a TV show with that title wasn't really ideal you know what i mean yeah. it wasn't it, it wasn't a good idea for a tv show with that name to be airing on you know premium cable television so they pulled the plug on it but that is one of my favorite comic books to read because when i read it it's almost like i'm in that world bro that that film noir mm-hmm. you know pulp jazzy kind mm-hmm. of I, 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 you can, you can almost feel it turning into a movie or a TV show, huh? Yes, yes. You, you can, feel, you can feel the music. What, what, how the characters would act on screen? What music would be playing, and how it would be shot, huh? Absolutely. And even when, even when the plot gets to a point where, like, when, when things start to get a little bit too unbelievable or <laughs> too out of you know, reality, they transition to something that is like on the streets. They transition to a to a smaller story that brings it full <laughs> circle. Just to show you that the world that they're living in is real. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I can't wait to finish reading it. I just don't have as much time as I did like last year to really be able to dig into it. But it's almost like I want to take my time with it because I don't want it to end. I don't. Oh, oh, I know what that means. I know what you mean. Um, I don't want it to end, bro. Like, even I've seen the cover of the final issue for 100 Bullets, and it's perfect. Like, it's literally perfect. The, the cover for the final issue is a curtain coming down with bullet holes in it. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I don't I don't know how many people have read that before, but to me, that's definitely I've heard it from a couple of other people. So yeah, that, that's it, definitely if, it, mm-hmm. if it's not hot, it's definitely a cold classic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a personal classic to me too, bro. Let me get one. More. Let me let me get one more, bro. Any any medium, movie, TV show, whatever, and then we'll we'll come back to this on another on on another combo. Uh, I'm gonna go with the game. Uh, 
Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh, talk to me, bro. Because I'm, I'm mad that I didn't put it on the last list. Man. That's in my PS4 right now. It, man, that, that game, man. The hype for that, the way, the way I, I, there's, there's not many games and there's not a lot of things anymore that make me get obsessive with watching detailed information, story beats, what it's going to be about, anything like that game did before it dropped. And it was the, like one of the best RPGs, basically, of a cowboy game ever. The amount of crazy thing, the fact that I could go rob that store, mm. I could go rob that uh, convenient whatever store it was, a general a general uh, store, mm-hmm. and the way that you just just from the way that you break through the door can can make a re- reaction with the the NPC in the game. You can walk in there slow. You can walk in there fast and bust the door open the fact that i could rob it go to the next town come back a few days later and the guy would recognize me come on man that's some that's some next level shit like some deep next level shit it is and just see the amount of things you could do in there if you went up the mountain with no clothes you could die you could die because you would freeze to death. If you went to camp and you smelt like shit, they would make you take a bath immediately. <laughs> the way that your facial hair grows out and you can have a big old long bushy beard as time goes on. Oh, man. Rockstar, I don't know what the future of Rockstar is, but damn, like, you, you know how bitches are. When when you when you when you fuck fuck them so good they want to come back even though you was <laughs> shit to them. Oh, whoa! <laughs> uh, D Smith going in that bag. All right. You you know you know it's like damn it you you you're terrible to me but that's how Rockstar it, got it, it, that that's how that's how they got they this next one I will buy it if it's shit I'm done with them man. But off the graces of that alone, you already have my money, is what I'm saying. You already got my money. And I don't like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm normally not that guy. I'm not that guy that falls for stuff that easily. But damn it, it the pussy was too good. Oh, man. Listen, Rockstar, yeah, man. We, we, yeah, we, we know what time it is with that, bro. Mm-hmm. They, they can do whatever they pretty much want to do. From here on out, but I think Red Dead Redemption Two is probably the best game they've ever released. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you nope. know, yeah, cause it's be- it's better than GTA Five, most definitely Absolutely. better, H- hands most down. definitely, without a doubt. Red Dead Redemption Two is better than Grand Theft Auto Five, bro. Like, and I agree with you because I remember being pissed in 2017 when they re- when they put out the original release date for that game. The original mm-hmm. date for that game was spring of 2017, and everybody who I knew was like, "Nah, that shit is getting pushed back." <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I did too. And 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 it's funny that you say that, man, because I was all like, "I know it's gonna be, get pushed back, but come on, man, please just release on that date." 
I'm sick of waiting. And then and then it got pushed back and, and everybody said, fuck, man. Uh. There, there was no chance that that game was going to come out in spring of 2017, bro. And mm-hmm. my, me, question, my huh? question to you, did you get the game spoiled for you? No. Well, I mean... You, you lucky. Well, well this lucky. is the thing, right? Like, and we talked about this in the group chat um, yesterday, and I wanted to get into this after we kind of move on here. But mm-hmm. with Red Dead Redemption being a prequel to, or Red Dead Redemption 2, excuse me, with that mm-hmm. being a prequel to the first entry in the series, there was only so much that could have been done as far as what you were going to do with the main character. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that Arthur ended up dying at the end of the game, and I kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to be a given, too. It didn't bother me that much. I I wasn't really bothered by it because the story that the game was trying to tell in the main campaign wasn't shying away from the fact that he wasn't going to make it at the end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. It's okay playing as a character that's on borrowed time as long as you get to do the things and as long as the story plays out the way that they want it to play out. I wasn't bothered by it at all because that world, you got to think about this, right? Mm -hmm. The the world that that game is set in, the, the, the Wild West, how many people live long anyways? You know no, 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 no. That, that, that wasn't what bothered me. Um, mm-hmm. What bothered me is that um, you, I, I got it spoiled like a week into playing it. And uh, I had two jobs at the time. And mm-hmm. I was trying to play the game slowly like a fine wine. And then people started uploading shit left oh. and right. And stuff just started hitting my DMs. And I was like, come on, man. And so I ended up having... And I had, to, I, had, I had to sit up here and start rushing through the game. I had a friend at the time. He was sending me, like, look at this. Look at this. I'm so close to beating the game. It's like, bro, why are you sending me this? But it, anyway, it, it, was, it was a great game, and I, I love it. That, that version of Rockstar is probably gone, especially with all the creators being, like, done left already. Sorry. You said... Well, when you say that that version of Rockstar is gone, what do you mean? I think for the most part, their best days are behind them, and we ain't gonna get any good shit. But I'm still gonna hold out hope because, like, like I said, that pussy was good. You said you ain't gonna get any good shit. That's what you're saying. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm I'm optimistic for the future as far as good games, but the way that they're acting and all these other things that have happened, I don't know if they can still. I don't think their 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 drunkenness off of the the success they had is going to be enough to to help them get back into shape, if you know what I mean. See, I mean, I'm 50-50 on that because I was very disappointed in the GTA remake that came out late last year. Extremely, Mm -hmm. extremely disappointed that Rockstar, Mm -hmm. even though they didn't necessarily develop that remake, that they even allowed that to be attached to their name. 
Exactly. I'm 50-50 on it because I, I don't know. I mean, the part of it that I don't like is that it takes 10 years now for them to get a major release out. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2 was probably in development as soon as the first game was done. GTA 5, who knows how long it took them to actually get that game done after they made GTA 4. I don't mm-hmm. like that as a studio, they can just make us wait however long we need to wait. I mean, yeah, the product... I agree with that for the most part. The final product that they put out on a, on a regular basis tends to be great most of the time. It's just the way that they go about putting out the product is what bothers me a little bit, bro. That's what I'm not a fan of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I get that in this new era of, you know, advanced consoles and high-res graphics and everything like that, all of these things take time, but it's just a shame, bro. Like, Grand Theft Auto V came out almost 10 years ago, bro. Mm-hmm. Across three different console generations at this point now. Exactly. You know? So I'm I'm seeing people on Twitter getting excited over a rumor about 2023, dog. That mm-hmm. shit ain't like no, it's July of 2022 right now. Right? Let's let's just mm-hmm. be real, let's, let's just be honest here. It's July of 2022 right now. You would have to get an announcement for that game now. Exactly, would, for it to be coming out. Mm-hmm. We, would need, we would need to get a teaser trailer before the end of this month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a, a teaser trailer during the summer of 2022, a release date in holiday season 2022, and then a release date of late 2023. We're not getting any of that. Y'all are smoking crack if you mm-hmm. think if you think that you're gonna get an announcement for Grand Theft Auto Six before 2023, bro. Like, get the fuck out of here. That game ain't coming out no earlier than the next presidential election. Whew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> you, you ain't wrong, man. You ain't wrong. That game ain't coming out no earlier than November 4th of 2024. Sorry, but that's just the way that the game is right now. So I agree with you on that. I don't, but I don't think that Rockstar Games is past their prime. They're just past the point of having to care anymore. True. You know what I mean? Because, and, but I mean... The only thing that makes them different is that they were kind of the last ones. It took them. Yeah, long- they, they held out the long. They held out yep. the longest. Yep. It, it took them longer to get to the point where they didn't care anymore. Before, you know, everybody else kind of sold out a little bit. But it's it's, it's business mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I can't be of mad course. at. It. Of course. Because I mean, if I'm be honest with you, by the time that game comes out. They, that game is not coming out for PlayStation 4, bro. No. Like, that, that shit, and I'm not going to have a PlayStation 5 by the time that game comes out. So, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I guess Red Dead Redemption and a, Red Dead Redemption 2, excuse me. In a lot yeah. of ways, I mean, that was 
that was my way of kind of mutually parting ways with Rockstar Games. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Look, okay. I mean, let's be real here, bro. Like, when do you think is the last year? I think 2023 is going to be when the developers cut bait. <laughs> Excuse me. When they cut bait with the Xbox One and the PS4, officially, is when they cut bait. It would be 2023. I, I, I think so, too. I think, well, you know, no, I'll, I'll think they'll hold out a little bit longer because um, people still can't get, con- at least they can't get the PS5. So, because some of the, I noticed they have made announcements for ports. They made some announcements to keep doing ports for now because the sort shortage, but I say 2024. So you think, you think that the, the PS4 and um, you think the PS4 and the Xbox, Xbox. One, they'll survive until mm-hmm. 2024? Yes. Okay. But that's only because there's still a console shortage, but if it wasn't for that, yeah, I would agree with you. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's still interesting because in a lot of ways, if I got to be honest with you, bro, I like how we kind of transition in the game in here as well. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I'm not a graphics head. I'm not, I'm not either, bro. I'm not a guy that I, I can't really, I don't know what the difference between frame rates and all mm-hmm. of that is. Don't give a but, fuck about it. No. <laughs> As 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 long as long as long as the game runs smooth smooth for the most part, it can ha- it, it can even have a few hiccups. Unless it's like a really big release for me, I don't give a fuck. Is it is the game fun? That's it. Hey, well, and the thing I was gonna say is that I don't know if I'm wrong on this yet, but the way I feel, I feel as though Sony and Microsoft jumped the gun a little bit too early on their next generation consoles. I think, while yes, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 came out in like 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, there's, I don't think that we reached the absolute peak of what could have been done on that hardware yet. I would agree. Most definitely. Like, I I really feel that way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I feel, okay, so when when the PlayStation 4 dropped and the Xbox One dropped, the PS3 and Xbox 360 were nearing the end of their cycle. It was getting to the point where while the game still looked good, you knew what the difference was between playing some of them. Like, I knew there was a difference between playing Metal Gear Solid uh, Ground Zeroes on PS3 and then playing it on PS4. I knew there was a difference. I could see it. I could feel it. Um, I went and bought Shadow of Mordor on PS3, and it felt like I was playing that game underwater. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It it, it, it dead ass felt the same with uh, Ground Zeroes. It felt like I was playing those games underwater because those were downgraded to run on the hardware they were running on. Mm-hmm. With the PS4, it felt like they could have let 
the PlayStation 4 rock out for an easy 10 years, bro. They could have mm-hmm. let Xbox One rock out for easy 10 years up until they maxed out everything they could on that hardware. And then when the Series X or the Series S came out and then the PlayStation 5 came out, it's like, boom. This is why this is obsolete. This mm-hmm. is why you need to be paying $70. 70 fucking dollars. Dollars. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, bro? 70 fucking dollars to play games on this hardware in comparison to playing games on that hardware. Right exactly. now, I don't know what the difference is really between playing a game on PS5 and playing it on PS4. I don't, low times. I, I don't, you said low, low times, time? bro. Like the number one thing I remember when they were, when they were getting ready to launch the PS5, the biggest thing they kept talking about and annoyed the fuck out of me because I still didn't care was mm-hmm. low times. They kept, even though they had a shortage, they weren't going to have as many come holiday season. There weren't going to be any video games practically for it. Everyone kept saying, man, the low times are like, like a few seconds faster, bro. They look, look at these load times and it was fast, but it's like, I'll just wait a few other seconds. I'm going to pay $600 for something that loads a little bit faster than what I already have. Come on, man. Because the graphics look slightly, slightly, slightly better than what I have. What I have is, is fine the way it is. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, and, and I also think that, you know, the rollout for that console came at a bad time as well. You know what I mean? I agree. Mm-hmm. So that hindsight being 2020, man, and I, I, I shouldn't have said 2020, but they <laughs> probably could have saved the actual release for PlayStation 5 for 2022. They, I think mm-hmm. they could have pushed it back. But, you know, money talks, and at the end of the day, it's still a business. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, but I no, just, they're, wor- they're, they're working on Slims right now, bro, for the PS5. But how are we already there yet, though? Like how? Exactly, we- exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't understand that part. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> that that's the part I don't really understand, bro. Like to me, it wasn't necessary to introduce brand new hardware when. The jump in graphics isn't all that clear to me. It, mm-hmm. It's not, and I can't justify spending five hundred dollars on anything anymore. I can't. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I can't justify spending seventy dollars on one video game. I can't exactly. do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever they stop supporting the PlayStation Four, I mean, I might be out of That's the game. It. Oh. <laughs> Uh, your your boy your boy here is waiting on his um his emails to get in line for the Steam Deck. Hey, listen, and that that might be the best way to do it, bro. Yeah, the the Steam Deck has bro. I I would I mean I know maybe you're not gaming as much. I play a little bit, so that's why I'm getting the Steam Deck because it it works with PC games, and PC mm-hmm. games most of them what I want to play. It doesn't involve a lot of like graphics or heavy, heavy problems with a lot of games. I only play like maybe two to three 
triple AAA games when we're having a normal year. That's it. And I hear it, uh, it emulates PS2 games, PS2 and GameCube, Game, bleh, GameCube games like butter. So what? that's a plus for, yes, that's a plus for me if I can figure out how to get that stuff to work. But yeah, I'm getting one of those, man. I'm, 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 I'm almost in the same boat as you, man. I care only a little bit more. I keep up with games, but I don't play a lot. And there's a few games, a lot of them indie games that are about to drop that, uh, that make me go, okay, that are going on PC, by the way. So that are making me say to myself, okay, I'll buy, I'll buy this. I'll buy this. It's not as expensive. The model I'm getting is is $400. And then all the stuff I can do, I have a huge, huge, huge backlog of games that I can get. Like right now, they're having a Steam sale. And I got, I want to say, five, game, five, six games for 60 bucks, uh, 50 bucks. I would have got more, but they, they tax on games now online. I remember the days when they didn't do that, and I love that. But anyway, anyway, um, that's what I'm getting, and that's about it. Uh, I'll probably, uh, to be honest with you, I'm more likely to buy a Nintendo Switch before any other console. I I see why, yeah. But, um... (laughs) But other than that, I mean, with, with gaming, man, it's just one of them things, bro. But that leads me into the next topic here. And this is kind of what I was alluding to in the, in the Discord yesterday, brother. Okay. Prequels versus sequels. <laughs> Prequels versus sequels, brother. Talk to me about this here, man. In your opinion... What do you what do you think is kind of harder to pull off, man? A well-executed sequel or a well-executed prequel? Damn. Um I wanna uh, I wish I could remember what if, if it was a prequel. I wanna say I wanna say uh prequels are harder to pull off. But most of the time, it's sequels. Because okay. um, pre- pre- prequels, you're already... And, and what a lot of the times, they, they shoehorn a lot of like stuff in so it, fit, it fits perfectly with the prequels. Sequels, they, they mess those up all the time because they only end up being sequelitises and just repeating the same thing again. So... I'm going to say prequels, but it's probably sequels. Okay. So, I've I've rarely ever heard this, right? I always hear people say, oh, the original was better than the sequel, right? Mm -hmm. The standard kind of thought that we're conditioned to kind of fall into is when a sequel to something comes out, we're always judging it by comparing it to the original, right? Right. But when it comes to prequels, maybe because those are kind of made less frequently, 
I rarely hear that same argument get put towards prequels, bro. The same way that it gets put towards sequels. I would agree with that. Most people, they, they just look at it as dog shit and dismiss it afterwards. They never really look too deep into it like a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, prime example. Okay, for our age group, most of us look at Dragon Ball Z as being an original property, right? Yes, yes. For those of us who weren't seasoned anime heads in America, and I mean, I'm just speaking for me, I'm sure you agree with this. Mm -hmm. Our first exposure to that property was Dragon Ball Z. It wasn't Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Right? By the time right. all that shit, but I mean by the time that shit hit America, their run already ended in Japan. But for all intents and purposes, I looked at Dragon Ball Z as the present modern day original property. Mm-hmm. In my book, Dragon Ball GT was the sequel to Dragon Ball Z. And now Dragon Ball Super can take that place. Mm-hmm. I looked at Dragon Ball as a prequel to Dragon Ball Z because I seen it after I seen Dragon Ball Z, right? Right. Nobody anywhere ever says, you know what, Dragon Ball wasn't as good as Dragon Ball Z. But all you ever hear about is how GT ruined Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little bit interesting to me, bro. Like, what, what do you think about that? You're you're spot on. You're exactly spot on. In fact, some some people don't even realize that Dragon uh, Dragon Ball was a prequel or was came before Dragon Ball Z. Some people didn't realize that when we were kids. They were just like, "What?" But it looks like Goku. (laughs) And so, and moving on, Mm -hmm. moving on. I want to say this when it comes to prequels. I think that when a prequel is executed properly, it doesn't have to live up to the standard of the original kind of story that it's it's spinning off from, right? Better Call (laughs) Saul is a perfect example of this here. To me, Better Call Saul is probably the greatest television prequel TV series ever produced. And I'll stand on that in part. I, because I would I, agree with that for the most part. Even though I haven't finished watching it yet, um, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. But when it ends, when that show finally ends, the conversation won't instantly go to it. Was it better than Breaking Bad? Right? Exactly. <laughs> because it was good. Because mm-hmm. Better Call Saul was a great television show on its own. You can put it next to Breaking Bad, and it doesn't have to be viewed through a lens of was it better or was it worse, right? Mm-hmm. But right. if if we would have got a spinoff to Breaking Bad revolving around Jesse, I mean, obviously we got the El Camino movie that came out on Netflix, but let's just say El Camino was broken down into like a three-season TV series. Oh, oh no. Uh, okay you see what i'm saying no (laughs) yeah i I do absolutely (laughs) (laughs) absolutely hell no if that was broken down 
if that got broken down, instead of being a two-hour movie focusing on just one part of that, if it was a three-season story arc with Jesse, people would be looking at this like, this is ass. This is not mm-hmm. better than Breaking Bad. Why did they mm-hmm. do this? Why are they trying to tarnish the legacy of one of the blah, 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 right? At Vince Gilligan, you suck, yes. right? <laughs> yes. But because better, because better Call Saul is a prequel to that show and is also a great TV show, nobody's going to look at it as if any legacy is being tarnished because it's a prequel, because of the classification that it goes under. I think that's very interesting, bro. It's, it's very interesting when you really, really take it into consideration. And I don't know that people are really aware of that the way that we need to be aware of that, bro. It's so easy to shit on a sequel because you think that it has to live up to what came before it, right? But when it comes right. to a prequel, people tend to give it a little bit more leeway because you know that the story is going to get better at some point in time. <laughs> right? Or, or what you think right. about that? No, no, you're right, right. But another, another thing I was thinking about is maybe people aren't concerned with what came, comes before. Maybe it's more they're concerned with what comes after. You, you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Oh, I, I agree with that. I, and this is the part of it that gets a little bit shaky here, right? When, mm-hmm. when it comes to prequels, all right, so <clears throat> prime example here. Let's, let's, let's think about this. Uh, we both talked about Metal Gear Solid last time mm-hmm. we linked up. Metal Gear Solid has a lot of references and allusions to events that happened prior to that game coming out. Mm-hmm. In, in our minds, we're conditioned to think, wow, whoever it is that they're talking these events that they're talking about had to be fire because we're making up the way that they looked in our mind. When they talk about Big mm-hmm. Boss as a character, it's like, yo, Big Boss must have been like a, a, a mixture of Batman, Superman, and fucking Spider Man, right? If mm-hmm. you got one. <laughs> He got some motherfuckers doing all of this shit just to get his dead corpse or his his body and all of this. Big Boss must have been that fucking guy, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So when Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater comes out and it's a prequel and you're actually playing as the guy that the villain and the hero of the story are inspired by, it adds something to it, right? Mm -hmm. So the only pressure on Kojima is to make the game and make the story great and up to par to what came before it. Mm-hmm. I, on balance, yes. Metal Gear Solid 3 is probably the best Metal Gear Solid game that they ever made. You know, they had the, they had the technology, they had the graphics, everything down to a science, right? But mm-hmm. it's, easier, it's easier to make a story revolving around the guy that the characters made out to be a mythical figure than it is to make an original story with a brand new character that nobody wants in <laughs> Rival and Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> right? Right. Most it, definitely. It's, 
it's it's much easier to do that because again we'd rather we'd rather get told a story that we have a vague understanding of than get told a completely new story and then have to piece everything together as it goes along. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people are a hundred percent fair when it comes to sequels, bro. And I fall into yeah. that pattern as well. I, I definitely fall into that pattern as well. But I think that we got to be a little bit careful sometimes, dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but talk to me about some prequels here. When you think about prequels that are good, whether it be gaming, movies, whatever, bro, what, what, what comes to mind when you think about that, man? Of course, Red Red Dead. Every everything in that is good up mm-hmm. until the part yep. with Dutch. I have a problem with that ending with Dutch. Oh, okay. Talk about it. Like the fact that you don't kill him, kill him, and he, he just walks off. He just walks off, and you walk your your separate ways. It, it made me feel like the only reason, of course, it is that you mm-hmm. don't kill him is because we we have yep. Red Dead Redemption. But other right. than that, that's go ahead. No, no, no. You're right. You're right about that, bro. I agree. And it's like I don't like. Did Dutch really do Arthur? He did Arthur way more dirty than he did John. True, but 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 John has uh, uh, some grievances with him a little bit, though. Right. So, but, but let me I ask, guess that mm-hmm. that could be saved for the first game. So. But let me ask you this, though. Do you think that... uh, And this is where it gets a little bit tricky here. Do you think that there should have been references to Arthur Morgan in the first Red Dead Redemption? Because you do kind of have to suspend a little bit of disbelief. If there ever was like Red Dead Remaster... And that sounds fucking perfect, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, that needs, that, that needs to be trademarked. Red Dead Remaster. I'm sure if they were to remaster the first Red Dead Redemption, they probably would go in and do a couple retcons to make references to Arthur Morgan. But does the lack of kind of references to that character in the first game take away from the second game as a prequel? Oh, good good question. I say yes a little bit because mm-hmm. because because we get the sense that he, in in through playing the game we get the the feeling that he was an important person, a part of the team, and the fact that there's zero mention of him is is a little bit of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. But other than that, nah. Okay. I, I f- I feel like there should have been a little bit more mention, a couple of winks and nods to, to Arthur being mentioned in the first game. Because I think most of the gang members get mentioned in the first yeah. ones. Well, they pop first up. One, but yeah, 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 but I mean the other people. Because there's a couple <clears throat> of times that John tells the story uh, and he mentions everybody or most of the people by name. And like even the littler people like the cook, yeah. And some other people. He mentions them by name. And the idea that they all get mentioned, but, uh, but Arthur doesn't, that's kind of a problem. And especially because he helped him get away at the end. That's kind of a problem. 
that he doesn't at least get one to two, even like small brief mentions. Okay. So I want to I want to move on to another series though, and this is where go ahead. I don't know that any of the prequels to God of War on balance were better than any of the sequels. There isn't mm. one, and this is this is this might be controversial, but I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna state my opinion here. I don't think that there is one God of War game set before that first game that's better than God of War 2. Not mm. one. Not one. Even the prequel that got put out on PlayStation 3 was not better than God of War 2. And damn sure wasn't better than God of War 3. There were two God of War prequel games that got released on PSP during that time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, bro, none of those games were better than God of War 2. So what is it about that series? You know, what is it about that series to where the prequel games really didn't click the same way that the sequels did? I think it comes down to the story. I would agree with that. So it's not always, you see what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe it, it, it comes down to the story that they're trying to tell. Maybe it just comes down to different things there. Like, even okay, the Batman Arkham series. You played those games, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, in your opinion, brother, what is, mm-hmm. the, best, what is the best game in that entire series? I would say two. Arkham City, right? Mm-hmm. That is too. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with you, 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Behind that, I would say Arkham Asylum was probably the best game there. Mm-hmm. I tried to play Arkham Origins, and it was cool. Oh, whoa. <laughs> say that again? <laughs> I said trash. Off of me, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. So no, I, I, I don't remember it being good. I Why do you feel that game was trash? It, 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 just, it just felt like uh, it was trying too hard to be what the other games were. Oh, man. <clears throat> <Mm-mm-mm>. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember. I do remember liking Black Mass, though. I think Black Mass and um, um, who else was the main? I want to say Slade? Or am I misremembering that? I want to say it was Black Mass and uh, Slave were like the main two villains for that game. Uh, I, just, mm-hmm. I just remember being not very good. But I, well, I get what you're saying because it was almost like I've done this already. I yes. don't want to. I don't want to go through. I I, <laughs> I don't want to do all of this work for a game that I really didn't want to play to begin with. That's what it felt like with Arkham Origins. It's not that the game was trash. It -hmm. just felt that, okay, you're going to give me less of what I want, but I still have to kind of work for more of it in order to beat this game. The game easily could have been DLC for Arkham City. Exactly. Instead of being a full game. So I, I get that part there. And Arkham Knight... 
that just felt like too much, bro. That was 10 pounds of sand in a five-pound bag, man. <laughs> like, that's what that was. Like, towards the end of that game, once I got to the Arkham Knight reveal and fighting Jason Todd, it was like, I don't even want to beat this game no more. I don't even want to Why wasn't he just Red Hood? That's the thing that bothered the hell out of me. It's well, like... Hmm? It's like we, we did we did all this build up what we what we thought was basically a new character halfway through it and then you find uh, you you realize it's Jason Todd it's like motherfucker yeah. ain't you Red Hood yeah I, I but I think I think what they wanted to do with the Arkham series is kind of treat that as its own continuity so in that continuity all of the events that happen in the Batman storyline are just mm-hmm. kind of retold to fit that series of games. Okay, so the I, Red, see, I see what you mean. You, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like Barbara Gordon is Oracle. She still ended up having some, some pretty bad things happen to her as well and all of that. You still got Robin becoming Nightwing. You still got Tim Drake. Arkham Knight is still Jason Todd. It's just that this version of Jason Todd still had stuff happen to him, but instead of him becoming Red Hood, he becomes the Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. But mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still stupid. It's still fucking stupid. <laughs> like, that doesn't excuse the fact... <laughs> that, that, doesn't, that doesn't excuse the fact that it's fucking stupid. But, like you said, though, so you said Arkham City is the best game out of that entire series, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was the second game out of four. So, again, it's like, what is it about that that worked? You see what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting. I never played. Did you ever play Bioshock? Uh, I played some of it. I played more of Infinite than, than, the, than the original Bioshock. Bioshock okay. 2 is terrible, though. Wow. From what I've heard. From what <laughs> I've heard. Pe- people say it's terrible. I don't even you know the story of Bioshock 2. Bro, instead of playing as a, you play as a big daddy, man. Mm-hmm. You basically just play as a big daddy, and you have a little um, big. Big mama tries to attack you a lot of the times, and it's basically that. <clears throat> so, is is there a reason? Like, is Bioshock dead, bro? As a, as a franchise, it might be, but you know they're gonna try again, man, because it made money. I mean, it's been it's been almost ten years since Bioshock Infinite, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, they, they, they're they're bringing back Saints Row, man. So nah, I wouldn't be surprised. If, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I looked at it. I said, "Wow, man, you managed nah, to turn nah. you managed to nah. turn it into fucking Fortnite." Okay. Come on, man. That's that's just the game right now, bro. But I know, I know. <laughs> I, okay. I still, I still, I still, I still believe. I just can't believe they actually cut their balls off and just handed them over to somebody else. So, is there any, is there any prequel or sequel to any property that you would kind of like to see that you think could be done proper justice? Oh, it's funny that you say that because I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Okay. Don't 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 get at me, bro. But no, need no, for, go ahead. An, another Need for Speed movie. Okay, so 
would you okay if there were to be another need for speed mm-hmm. would you want it to be a sequel to that movie that nobody went to see or would you just want this to be treated as its own thing because i think kind of the reboot territory would be the best way to go for need for speed i i, I could see it being its own thing as well I, I think that would be the best way to go because nobody enough people didn't go to see that movie when it came out in 2014 to where if they made another one to your general movie goer it would be kind of like oh shit they make a need for speed and then you get <laughs> on the internet and be like oh they made another one they made a different one whenever they made one right mm-hmm. uh, right so <laughs> <laughs> all right, just take a quick walk with me here, bro. All right, quick all right, walk. All right, all right. What we're gonna do right now? <clears throat> let me hit this water real quick, man. Right now, bro, on the behind the scene podcast on this episode of B Roll, we are going to fantasy book Mortal Kombat two right now. Oh, char- characters who should play them and everything. Nope, I'm gonna give you the whole rundown. I I, I got it right here, brother. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So, Mortal Kombat Two is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna guess we'll probably get another Mortal Kombat movie in 2024. Okay. 20, 2024, late 2024, early 2025 is when we're gonna get Mortal Kombat Two, right? right? Unfortunately, we're not gonna get a. There's no way to get around making it so that first movie never happened because we're still within that five year window, right? right? That movie is gonna do what Bumblebee did with Transformers. It's gonna be a soft reboot of Mortal Kombat. They're gonna give you more of what you wanted out of the series in terms of lore and fan service with that second movie. There's zero doubt in my mind about that. Zero doubt in my mind about that. They're going to get some things right with Mortal Kombat 2, bro. 100%. Down to costumes, characters, portables, all of that. We're going to get much more of what we wanted out of the first Mortal Kombat when Mortal Kombat 2 comes out. No doubt in my mind, brother. Agree, disagree, how you feel about that? I would uh, agree for the most part. I still feel like they're, they might possibly fuck up, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. So, with that being said, this is how Behind the Scene Podcast would fantasy book Mortal Kombat 2. First off, okay. The first movie ended with Shang Tsung basically fucking up before the tournament takes place, right? They kind of informally, but not really, tried to kill Earthrealm's heroes so that there'd be no Mortal Kombat tournament, right? So, because of that, the movie opens with the current version of Shang Tsung talking to Shao Kahn. No, there's, there's no sugarcoating it, no getting around it, no post credit scene, none of that. We need to see Shao Kahn early 
in this movie. You agree or disagree? I agree, but not too not too big of a presence, but okay. just having him there. The movie opens with the the last guy that played Shang Tsung on one knee, begging and pleading for his fucking life to Emperor Shao Kahn, apologizing for the mistake that he made. Earth Realms warriors, Raiden deceived me. Um, all of this shit. Cole Young was stronger than we thought. Blah blah blah. Sub Zero was not our champion. Hanzo Hasashi still lives. Whatever it is you want him to say, right? You see Saint or you see Shao Kahn, but you don't see his face. You see his hand. You see his uh, his 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 wristbands, uh, arm plates, whatever. I, 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 was, I was thinking more of you see just the skull and red eyes. All right, hey, him looming in the shadows. That's cool too. If we want to do our Doctor Claw thing, if we want to get the Doctor Claw on, let's do it. But I just want to avoid making Shao Kahn in the Thanos because it's too obvious if we're doing that. I prefer. I agree. I prefer us to see as much as we need to see from Shao Kahn. So we see his hands. We see the hammer. Most importantly, we see the hammer. We see the helmet. We see the red eyes. We hear the voice and Shang Tsung begging for his fucking life, right? <laughs> and in a twist, Shang Tsung says, my emperor, give me one more chance and I promise Earth Realm will be yours. Let us have the tournament on my island. You see Shao Kahn's face zooms out from the hammer. You see his face. He says, okay, Shang Tsung, you'll have your tournament. However, your soul is mine. Pulls Shang Tsung's younger soul out of his body. Camera goes back on Shang Tsung. Guess who we see? Carrie Togawa as Shang Tsung. Fan service oh. number one. Ooh. Fan nice. service. Fan mm-hmm. service point number one has already been addressed within the opening scene of the movie. We get mm-hmm. that last guy the fuck out of there. Number one, to establish that his eternal youth and his longevity has been granted to him by Shang Tsung, but also we established Kerry Togawa as being the motherfucking main as Shang Tsung, and we move forward with him for the rest of Mortal Kombat. Mm, I like that. We've already erased one of the worst parts of that first movie out of it and established a link between the Mortal Kombat that we loved and this new Mortal Kombat that we are kind of growing to like now because we see more of what it was that we thought we were going to see. Plus, Kerry Togawa was in Mortal Kombat Aftermath, right? I believe so. Okay, point number two. Melina was in this last Mortal Kombat movie as well, but it wasn't revealed her origin was never revealed. They didn't dig into anything. She's just a character, pretty much. Just a character 
that had, you know, fangs and daggers and all of that. But we didn't really know who Mona was. You know what I mean? So the other thing that we're going to mention, let me hit this water real quick. Shao Kahn and Shang Tsung have a conversation about how his recklessness got his daughter killed, right? (laughs) Your recklessness got my daughter killed when she wasn't ready. My emperor, do not despair as I have another one. So that was Melina 1.0. We get Melina 2.0 to bring her back to establish that she is a clone of Katana because there was no reference to Katana either. We get Melina to come back only to set up that Katana is going to be in this movie, which she should have been in the first one. Establishing right off the bat that Shao Kahn views Melina as his true daughter, even though she's a clone, and we're led to believe, hasn't been revealed yet, that Kitana is not actually Shang Tsung's or Shao Kahn's daughter, or, you know, his real daughter, right? Because to the viewer that's going to see Mortal Kombat that hasn't played the games, we got to have something set up to where... Mm-hmm. There's a reveal somewhere down the line. Kitana has to start out believing that Shao Kahn is her father, even mm-hmm. though he knows that he's that she's not. And he's plotting on getting her replaced as soon as she goes left. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that that that's another thing that we're gonna address right there. Boom. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> More bad guys here. Goro, unfortunately, we can't bring him back. There's no bringing him back. We need to establish the Shokan as being some serious motherfuckers, man. What's better than one Shokan, two Shokans? We need Kintaro and we need Shiva in this movie to get some payback, bro. <laughs> we need them to get some serious payback because the damage that they did to Goro was a fucking embarrassment, bro. They jobbed him out, man. You know what I mean? Like, they did Goro all... Jobbed him hard. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. So, Kintaro and Shiva are gonna accompany Shang Tsung everywhere that he goes because Shang Tsung owes a debt not only to Emperor Shao Kahn, but owes a debt to the Shokan. If he gets out of line... Shao Kahn has authorized both of them to rip him apart at an instant. Shang Tsung is on a very short leash in this movie here, bro. So we, we get them in there too. King Taro is going to be our new Goro because Goro is already dead. Tiger Stripes, all of that, good for, you know, uh, merchandise and everything. But everything that Goro was supposed to do in the first movie... King Taro is going to do that in this movie. And Shiva is going to get some of that too as the female Shokan, right? But Shiva is going to get established as being just a little bit jealous of King Taro because as a female Shokan, you know, XYZ, you're just a woman. You'll never be the head of our clan, all of that shit, right? Plus the tiger clan of the Shokan is superior to the dragon clan of the Shokan. And now that King Gorbeck and Goro are dead, King Taro 
is trying to lead the entire species, right? We can set that up as a backstory. All right, cool. On to the next one. Next bad guy that we're going to get in here. And this is going to be a little bit of a curveball. Actually, no, it's not going to be a curveball. Noob Cybot is going to be in this movie. He's going to be in this movie. But because, and that's probably one of my favorite characters because I like the story arc there. But Baihan is going to come back as Noob Cybot in this movie, bro. However, with Baihan, we also get Quan Chi. Now, do you think that having Quan Chi and Shang Tsung in the same movie is that good or bad in your opinion? I I think it would be fun. Okay. I I I don't I don't see too much of a problem. Mark. Are we gonna uh, set it up though so everyone knows that he, <laughs> he he's a uh, he he is him like he he's a cyborg now or no or no no. This okay, is okay. this 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 is Noob Cybot. This is him coming back as a you know uh, as a Spectre. This is as, as no not okay. a Spectre. This is because because Scorpion is technically a Spectre. This is him coming back as like the ghost of okay. Bihan looking for revenge mm-hmm. on Earth Realm because you know he was only doing what he was doing for the Lin Kuei. It's almost mm-hmm. like a reverse of. You know what Scorpion was doing when when uh, Raiden told him he'd restore his clan. In the first movie, it's going to get revealed later on that Baihan was only doing his bidding on the behalf of Shang Tsung because Shang Tsung had agreed to restore the Lin Kuei to where they were before they went to war with the Shirai Ryu. We're only going to get that okay. reveal. We're going to get that reveal when. Baihan fights Kwai Liang and Kwai Liang ends up winning. Because we're going to get Sub-Zero number two in this movie as well with the scar on his face and no mask. He's going to be with, he's going to be kind of neutral. We're going to set up Kwai Liang in the same role as Scorpion and kind of being like a neutral, silent, but deadly type just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here. He wants revenge on the Shirai Ryu, but he also wants to ensure that anyone who would harm Earthrealm and his new version of the Lin Kuei is out of there as well. But there really is no Shirai Ryu left anyways. You know what I mean? Um, he just wants revenge on Cole Young because he thinks Cole Young is Scorpion. But we'll get to Cole Young here in a minute. Okay. Jax. Sonya, they're in the movie as well. They're there doing their special forces thing. But the thing that I want to focus on here, bro, we know that Shao Kahn is a bad motherfucker. I want Quan Chi to be in this movie to kind of tease him and Shang Tsung as a deadly alliance somewhere down the line. I I want that in there. I want Shang Tsung to be desperate in this movie because he can't beat Liu Kang. And he's afraid to make that mistake. He's at some point going to go to the nether realm and make an agreement with Quan Chi. If this doesn't work, this is what we need to do. That amulet 
that your master, Shinnok, needs in order to return, I know where it is. But I'm not going to tell you where it is unless you agree to help me win this tournament, right? Okay. Plot thickens. <laughs> On Earth Realm, we got Raiden, Sonya, Jax, Cole Young, Liu Kang. Where's Johnny Cage? Are we able to have Johnny Cage fit in as a character with those five that I just mentioned? I think so. Without overcompromising the movie, though? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. He might become the next Kano. Okay. So the question is this right here, bro. Cole Young has to go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, li- I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh, I get it. We set him up as a descendant of Scorpion and everything like that. That's cool. Cole Young has to go, bro. We can't have Johnny Cage being introduced in this new movie as a brand new character and still have Cole Young. The only question is, do we kill Cole Young before or after we introduce Johnny Cage? Damn. Uh, damn. After we introduce Johnny Cage. Okay, so they meet. They meet. John, he meets Johnny Cage. My daughter is a huge fan of your movies. Blah blah blah. And Johnny Cage is like. Why would I want to? Why would I want to fight for you guys? I'm rich. All of this shit here. Cole Young dying, and knowing that Cole Young has a daughter at home is gonna end up being the reason Johnny Cage agrees to fight for Earth Realm, right? It is okay for us to kill Cole Young, but who is gonna be the one to do him? Who's gonna do it? Is it gonna be Noob Cybot? Is it gonna be King Taro? Is it Shang Tsung? <clears throat> is it going to be, you know, let me get some other tools. I, I, I would say Shang Tsung. Okay, so Shang Tsung is going to kill yeah. Cole Young. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with killing Cole Young because what's going to happen later on towards the end of the movie? I need one more bad guy to round out our team of bad guys. So right now, on the bad guy side, tentatively starting out the movie, we got Shang Tsung, Kitana, Melina, Kintaro, Shiva. Who else can we get on that side? We got Noob Saibot on that side. We need another bad guy because Quan Chi is not doing any fighting in this movie. Quan Chi is going to be a cameo character in this movie. But who else... Can we have fighting for the bad guys in this movie? Or is that enough right there? Baraka got killed off, right? In the first one? No. Oh, no, no. Baraka. Absolutely. Because we need a job. We need somebody yeah. to get killed. Yep. <clears throat> Baraka. Okay. Perfect. Glad you said Baraka. Okay. So that rounds it out on that side. The bad guys got to outnumber the good guys because we need some of the bad guys to end up getting killed. Yeah. Okay. So Shang Tsung is going to kill, he's going to take Cole Young's soul after King Taro gets revenge for Goro. 
Kintaro is going to completely wash Cole Young, bro. He's going to break his legs. Like, literally, <laughs> he's going to fucking break his legs. <laughs> I can see that happening. Straight like that. He's going to break mm-hmm. his fucking legs, dog. And there's going to be a conflict because initially Shiva wants to best him in Mortal Kombat and beat him clean without any interference. And during their fight, which Cole Young may or may not be getting the better of, Kintaro is just going to interfere and steal that glory away from her because the Tiger Clan is always superior to the Dragon Clan. And I'm going to do what Goro couldn't do and all of this shit here. That's going to be the catalyst for Shiva flipping sides and joining the good guys at some point in time. Kintaro is going to break his legs and present Cole Young to Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung says, your soul is mine. Takes his soul. Cole Young is dead. Or so we believe he's dead, right? Question mark. Quote, unquote, Mm -hmm. dead. Johnny mm-hmm. Cage, we got Johnny Cage, Sonya, Jax, Liu Kang. Liu Kang and Kitana are supposed to fight a match somewhere in Earth World. <clears throat> the fight begins, but it begins as a light sparring session with the two of them just kind of getting the measure of each other and talking to each other. You know, Liu Kang is going to mention how Kung Lao was supposed to be the chosen one and was a superior fighter, and was always viewed as the hero of Earthrealm. <clears throat> Kitana is going to talk to Liu Kang about the pressure of being the chosen one, and how before her mother died, her mother told her she was going to be the leader of Edenia. And now, since she's died, her father doesn't listen to her anymore. Her father, Shang, her father Shao Kahn, only cares about conquering all realms in the name of Outworld, and doesn't care about Edenia. She's the last one left that wants to fight for her home, but she loves her father, so she supports his vision, right? Mm, this is perfect setup. So they fight. Liu Kang wins, but doesn't want to kill her because that's not the way of the White Lotus. My life was never in danger. What do you mean your life was never in danger? You were never going to beat me, is what Liu Kang tells Kitana. Her pride will not allow her to tell any man that she wasn't good enough to do anything. So she keeps her eye on Liu Kang for a later whatever. But it's honorable in that he beats her but doesn't kill her, right? So she goes back to Outworld and disappoints Shao Kahn because she lost in Mortal Kombat. Shao Kahn... Pissed off because he's a movie villain, reveals you were never my daughter to begin with. I want my real daughter. Shang Tsung, bring me Melina. Take her away from me. You are no longer my daughter. You're no longer a part of Outworld. You've disappointed me for the last time. So she leaves, and that's how she ends up one of the good guys. All right, cool. We're about halfway through the movie now. Damn. <laughs> Does this sound like shit or what? <laughs> no, no, this is this is actually really good, man. This is really right, good. Cool. It's better than what we got. I'll say cool. that. Oh, yeah. And 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 the thing is, Raiden is still Raiden having his conversation with, with Shao Kahn. At this point, he doesn't even want to talk to Shang Song. Every time he talks to the Shang Song, 
He's telling Shang Tsung, you know, I don't talk to workers. Let me talk to your boss. You failed last time. I don't talk to failures. Elder gods have no time for failures, is what he tells Shang Tsung. All right, cool. So, moving on here, you know, now that Kitana is a part of the team that's fighting for the good guys, Raiden tells her, if you, if you fight for the forces of light, I will ensure that the realm of Edenia is protected from, Sha- from uh, Shao Kahn. The Elder Gods will ensure that Edenia is protected from Shao Kahn. Boom. Tournament is still going on. Okay. Kintaro versus Johnny Cage. Kintaro versus Johnny Cage, if we want to, it can be an exact replica carbon copy of the fight between Johnny Cage and Goro and the original Mortal Kombat. I was just about to say, are we going to do exact or close to it? Yep. Close to Uh, it. Yep. There's no need to do anything different from that. We can have a jobber getting destroyed before that, you know, the sunglasses, doing the splits to the nut shot. That was for Cole Young, you son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? And then Johnny Cage rips his fucking heart out, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? As, yep. As, as, yep. As, and poses as, with the shades on. Yeah, as the fight starts to turn the tides a little bit, mm-hmm. when Kintaro looks to Shiva for support, Shiva literally folds her top two arms and then puts her other two arms on her hips and just shakes her head and shrugs her shoulders like, hey, Tiger Clan is always superior, right? You're the superior Shokan warrior. One Earth Realmer should be enough for you, right? Boom. Johnny Cage rips his fucking heart out, puts his sunglasses back on. Kintaro is out of there, right? Okay, Shiva has a choice to make between fighting for Outworld, fighting for Earth Realm, or you know, regrouping with her clan and her species. Instead of fighting for one side or the other, she leaves. She goes back home to rally her forces to be prepared either way. So that's that's it. We don't see Shiva until maybe later on in the end of the movie. All right, boom. Shang Tsung is under some pressure right now because he just lost his top gun. You know, the only question that I got here, bro, is do we kill off another good guy character? Are we okay? Can we get away with killing Jax or Sonya Blade? Can we get away with that? Oh, no. Okay. Not yet. Not- but, but injuring one of them really bad would be fine. Okay. Who's going to get injured? Jax. He'll, he'll lose a leg. Oh man, Jack's already see. I don't like Jack's getting his ass whooped, but yeah. me, me, me either. But we got, we gotta, we gotta make the, we gotta reinforce the villains are 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 not All playing. Right. All right, so this is this is how we do this here, bro. So Kano got like a garden gnome stuck to his eye at the end of the first Mortal Kombat through some type of retcon. I would figure out a way to bring Kano back because he was the best character in that first movie. Hands down. E- easily. They picked the body up and reused it. I would figure 
I would figure out a way to bring back Kano with the with the iconic metal plate over his eye and the laser eye, trying to get revenge on Sonya Blade specifically. Yeah, but that's what I mean. They they uh they cut to a scene after um after the movie where they pick up his body and right, then they right. reinforce his his brain and his head and give him the plate that we yep. know of, and he just. He shows up out of nowhere and goes, what's up, y'all? You thought I was dead? Right. And he right. has like a knife in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. Big facts, right? Mm-hmm. So what we do there is Kano versus Sonya Blade on Shang Tsung's Island, right? We kind of want to make some allusions to the original fight in the first movie back in mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Kano's going to win this fight and he's going to mortally he's going to wound Sonya Blade. He isn't going to get the chance to kill her. He's going to he's going to win the fight by cheating and he's going to turn on the I-beam laser and before he can do it, Jax is going to jump in front of it and get lasered, bro. Oh. In the leg. R.I.P. Jax. Oh. So we we gonna kill Jackson? I think yeah, R.I.P. Jax, bro. Damn, bro. Uh. R.I.P. Jax, and I don't want to do it, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, at the end of the day, man, Jax was always the commanding officer that was gonna take a bullet for one of his troops. At some point, early on. We need that to be said in dialogue so that when it happens, it's like, okay, yes, that's why that happened. R.I.P. Jax. Before Jax dies, he tells Sonya Blade, make sure you take care of Jackie. Mm. (laughs) Make sure you take care of Jackie because we all know that Jackie Briggs is Jax Briggs' daughter. All right, cool. Kano, Kano kills Jax. Fucking twists his mustache, laughs, and then says, you know, some, some bullshit, some smart yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Says and, like one of the cheesy one liners. Yeah, yeah. Easy work or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Boom. But the stakes get raised. <clears throat> like sliced cheese. So, <laughs> I just thought of that. He'll slice them so- right between the, stum- the stomach <laughs> and it, it say like sliced cheese. Yeah. Something like that. But this mm-hmm. is the thing, though. When Jax ends up dying, that allows room in storyline for Sonya and Johnny Cage to actually become close to each other. Because mm-hmm. before, Jax, before that, Jax is kind of like cock-blocking a little bit. I third will. Third will, but... Yeah. For lack of a better term, he doesn't like him. He doesn't think his movies are any good. Doesn't think his jokes are funny. Doesn't take him seriously until he sees Kintaro die. And leading up to that, him and Jax get closer so that when he ends up dying, Johnny Cage feels sympathy for Sonya. And then the two of them end up growing closer to each other. Boom. Right? <laughs> so that, that also yeah. sets that up there. R.I.P. Jax. All right, cool. So now we're leading into the climax of the movie here. We're leading into the end of the movie. <clears throat> Melina versus Kitana, right? Melina already died in the first movie. 
Melina is a very popular character. Is Melina gonna die in this movie? Is Katana gonna kill Melina? Or is she going to feel mercy and pity towards Melina because Melina just wants to be Katana? Melina can never be Katana. But Shao Kahn loves Melina more than he loves Katana. What are we doing there? What's the dynamic between those two characters? Well, you kind of established that he can make more clones. So I think killing her off, that would be a good dynamic for the movies to have Melina always constantly. She's always just a copy of a copy of copy. And it could just, we we can build on that as the sequels go along. But I, I think she kills her. But she doesn't do it with to she doesn't do it with like a lot of vitriol or hate it's just more of a thing that happens and and she feels more sorry and a little bit more empathy uh katana feels more empathy for melina okay so is melina going to make katana kill her is the better question yes and She's doing this. Why? She's she's going to make Kitana kill her because she doesn't want to deal with knowing that she's just a clone. She wants to be the only daughter of Shao Kahn. What is Kitana? What is Melina's motivation for wanting to kill Kitana? What's her motivation? Um, as long <clears throat> as she exists, she can never be the, the true one. OK. All right. And even though she's a clone, that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Because she can figure out how to kill the other clone. Well, well, yeah, but as the time goes on, the dynamic will slowly change. What it is is the clone won't realize that she's a clone. Clone, But as time goes on, I guess, like maybe her memories remember a little bit of each death. Something like that, maybe. As, mm. things, go, as things go, just a thought, just a thought. Um, as time goes on, she remembers like a little bit of it, okay. of each event happening, and okay. she'll slowly change over time. But for this movie, yeah, I, I just think think she just she just knows that if as long as she's alive, she can never be the the one that her father oh. loves, okay. quote unquote. Right, but we gotta we gotta we have to make Melina look like a threat, bro. This has yeah. to be like life and death. The two oh, of them yeah. gotta, two of them gotta have the best fight scene in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Hands down, like has to be the bloodiest, most violent, evenly matched fight scene in the entire movie, bro. In order for us killing Kitana and, or my bad, killing Melina in both movies to be justified, we gotta make it look like life and death, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna kill off Melina because. There are other copies of Melina that are going to pop up later on. All right. Kitana kills Melina. And now Shang Tsung is is all alone, right? Mm -hmm. Shang Tsung has no other options. We are heading into the final fight between Shang Tsung and Earthrealm's champion, Liu Kang, the unlikely champion, Liu Kang, right? Before the fight starts, the portal opens. Shao Kahn steps through the portal. His minions, or whatever you want to call them, are holding up the throne. 
He sits down on his throne and says nothing. Just looks at the two combatants, takes a deep breath, and takes off his helmet. Takes off his helmet. No, my bad. Let me reverse that. Let me back that up there. Let me back up a little. He steps out. His minions, he steps out regular. You see his face, you see his body, all of that. His minions step out behind him. They set the throne down. He doesn't even sit down yet. They put the armor on him. They put the helmet on him. They put the hammer in his hand. And he okay. sits his ass down on the throne, bro. And it's like, oh, shit, that's, that's motherfucking Shao Kahn right there. It's going mm-hmm. down. Shang Tsung is, is scrambling. All of this shook. Raiden is there. He says some shit like, your time has arrived, Shang Tsung. May the elder gods have mercy on your soul, sorcerer. Before the fight starts, a portal opens from underground, and we see Quan Chi, and we see his newest protector in the uh, in the um, Nether Realm, Noob Cybot. <laughs> <laughs> Noob Cybot. That's when Kwai Liang pops out, recognizes his brother. You betrayed us. You betrayed the Lin Kuei. Your soul should rest. How could you ever side with such evil as Quan Chi? Blah, blah, blah. The two of them are about to fight. And another portal opens. Yeah, we're overbooking this motherfucker. We got to make it epic, bro. Another portal opens before Noob Saibot can kill Quan Chi. And that's going to be Scorpion. But instead of it being Hanzo Hasashi, it's going to be his ancestor, Cole Young. Okay. How does that sound? How does that sound? I know it sounds like bullshit, but... I, I wouldn't say uh, bullshit... A little extra, <laughs> but no, no bullshit. Okay, so all right. Well, instead of another portal opening up, how do we get to that point of Scorpion and Cole Young becoming the same person after he's already been killed? How do we get to that point? Because we got to have Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. I but, do. I think. I think so, but maybe not in that movie. Oh. I would say I would say I would save it for because you, you've already loaded it with so much stuff that's already. Oh, happened. you're right. You're right. All right. So you let's you back should up. save it for the next movie. I'll give you that because we already got the gimmick of Scorpion being a secret summon character in the first movie. So let's pretend I didn't say that. Donovan, edit that out whenever you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So Noob Sidebot is there. Noob Sidebot is the most overpowered character in the movie at that point. He's whooping everybody's ass. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. choose I choose Noob Saibot of the Nether Realm to fight in my place against Earth Realm's warriors. Raiden, surely you're not afraid to send all four of your remaining fighters against one Nether Realm warrior, right? Okay, boom. Noob Saibot beats Katana. He beats Johnny Cage. He beats Sonya Blade. And then him and Liu Kang got to rumble. Him and Liu Kang got to get it on, right? <clears throat> Before that happens, he fights his brother. Boom. There you go. That's when him and Kwai Liang fight. 
he has to beat his brother, right? Noob Saibot mm-hmm. has to win over his brother. But how does that go? How does the fight between brothers go, bro? Ooh. A little bit of back and forth banter. Um, <clears throat> does he kill him? No. Nah. Yeah. Well, he, put the, he puts the scar on his Yeah, face. yes, yes, yes. And in this lore, this is how Kwai Liang gets the scar on his face. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right, cool. So he beats Kwai Liang by the skin of his teeth. It's a close match, but mm-hmm. this is where it gets revealed that Noob Saibot has his shadow clone. And that's how he ends up beating his little brother. He beats his brother by using the shadow clone, bro. Mm-hmm. And the whole time this is happening, Quan Chi is observing everything that's going on, but not saying anything. Quan Chi is observing Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn is observing everything that's going on as well. Raiden is nervous as a bitch right now because he doesn't yeah. know Shao Kahn. Raiden, Raiden is really ready to cook somebody, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Raiden is really ready to cook something. If, if, if shit starts getting out of hand here. Now, this is my question for you. Before we get to the end of the movie here, right? <clears throat> Liu Kang is going to beat Noob Saibot. Do we get the Liu Kang fatality on Noob Saibot? Are we okay with the original Sub-Zero getting fatality in two movies in a row? Are we okay with that? Yes. Mm, okay, okay. Which fatality is it, bro? Which Liu Kang fatality is it, man? How we doing this? I don't. I don't remember. All, all I remember is his his gimmicky ones, like the dragon <laughs> and the arcade okay. cabinet. Okay. So I don't remember. Yeah, any right. of his other ones. So, so we doing the dragon, right? It's gonna be the dragon. Yeah. Uh, I would. I would want to try something different, man. I would. I would want to try like. A maybe new one, like, or maybe like some kind of bicycle kick type fatality, or yeah, or yeah, because you know he does that mo- that multi kick one. That, I would that like, would that would be good too. I would like something a little bit more brutal, <clears throat> only because the stakes have been raised, and Liu Kang kind of has to prove a point. There's some high power individuals around him at this point. He's fighting in front of Raiden, Shao Kahn, Quan Chi, and Shang Tsung. Like, turning into a dragon ain't enough when you're standing around guys like that. <laughs> but we're okay. Well, for, for, for him being an El- um, Earth Realmer, that would be good, though. Alright. Because, good. you know, they, they think less of him as it is. Okay. Mm, Alright. So, when he does this, who says fatality? Who gets to say fatality? Raiden? Does Raiden get to say it? E- either that or, or uh, Quan Chi. Oh, man. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Quan Chi ain't saying nothing. I don't Because Quan Chi is kind of loaning. He's kind of putting Noob Saibot in there on loan. Quan Chi is going to be pissed that, okay. that, that, that Shang Tsung didn't hold up his end of the deal. Or, or, or so we thought, right? <clears throat> so Raiden mm-hmm. gets to say fatality. Mm-hmm. Right. What now, sorcerer? Okay. Shang Song 
and Liu Kang main event fight that we've been waiting for. That's the very first move. How does this fight go? Because I'm thinking a couple different things here. Shao Kahn is there, right? Mm-hmm. Quan Chi is there. Mm-hmm. Raiden is also there. Does Quan Chi try to undermine Shao Kahn, Shang Tsung? Quan Chi's goal is for the Nether Realm to invade Earth Realm so that Shinnok can be free. What is his role in the climax of this movie? Because we can't just have him there standing there with his arms folded. What purpose do we have for Quan Chi while he's there, bro? Uh, you gonna have to come up with this one, man, because I, 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 I actually can't. I actually can't think of nothing now. All right, Dang. cool. So, so after after Noob Sidebot is killed, Quan Chi just goes back to the Nether Realm. He leaves. He leaves. No need for him to even be there no more. He leaves. He looks at Shang Tsung and basically tells him, "Your debt will be paid." One way or the other, right? Boom. He mm-hmm. leaves. That's all that needs to be said. Shao Kahn is a little bit confused as to what that means exactly when Quan Chi tells him his debt will be paid. Do you dare deceive your emperor, Shang Tsung? Never, my lord, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So the fight happens. Fight happens. Liu Kang is is, is 50-50. This has to be a close fight, right? Mm -hmm. Who wins? Of course, Liu Kang. And I I say he he kills uh, him with his his hammer. The fatality is him using his hammer against him and smashing his head in. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Who Who kills Shang Tsung? Shao Kahn or Liu Kang? Liu Kang. Um, I don't think he kills Sha- I-, I think he beats Shang Tsung, but Shao Kahn is going to have to be the guy that does it. Because he showed up for a reason. Mm. That hammer has to get used. I don't like the idea of somebody else using Shao Kahn's hammer. So, <laughs> Liu- so Liu Kang is going to beat Shang Tsung, for sure. There's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. do, do, you, so, mm-hmm. do you think instead um, uh, he uses uh, Saint uh, Sun uses, gets his hammer used on him by um, by, by Shao uh, Kahn? Yeah. By yeah. Shao Kahn, yeah. I think that's his consequence for losing the way that he wasn't supposed to lose because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he had one job. His one job was to defeat Earth Realm in the Mortal Kombat tournament, and he failed. So the honor of killing Shang Tsung doesn't go to Liu Kang. It goes to Shao Kahn. And oh, after, the mm-hmm. fight, after the fight happens, this is how this ends up going. Right? The fight ends. Liu Kang has him beaten. And before he can 
finish him, right? Raiden is the one that's saying finish him, bro. <laughs> Raiden is the one that tells Liu Kang finish him. Before that happens, Shao Kahn gets up out of his throne, picks up his hammer, and looks like he's about to fight Liu Kang. But instead, <laughs> he busts that motherfucker's head open, bro. Shang Tsung just gets his head bust right there, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact, I like that. Does he go walking slowly or does he sprint towards nope. 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 He gets up. He gets up very slowly. One okay. of his minions picks up the hammer, puts it in his hand. He he puts the hammer over his shoulder, walks up. That's when Raiden starts getting the lightning in his fingertips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Raiden, Raiden gets the lightning in his fingertips, the lightning in his eyes. Just sitting there like, oh, hold on, man. Fuck is going on here? Like, hey, let, let's, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's what's really going on here? And instead of fighting Liu Kang, he busts that motherfucker's head open, dog. Bow, right there. Mm-hmm. Right there. Turns his back, tells Liu Kang, this is far from over. Mm-hmm. And takes his, takes his ass back to Earth or back to Outworld, bro. Yep. <laughs> the movie ends the remaining heroes we got <clears throat> we got Johnny Cage still alive we got Kitana alive we got uh, Liu Kang obviously we got Sub-Zero and we got Raiden that's our team that we're carrying into the next the movie next mm-hmm. the credits roll And we're going to do the MCU thing, bro. We're going to cheat. We're going to give them a mid-credit scene and a post-credit scene, bro. Uh, do we need to? We like, do. Do one, do one at the end credits. Nah, nah. Do, we do, do the really good one at the end credits. We, we, doing, we doing mid-credits and we doing post-credits, dog. Because this is Mortal <sighs> Kombat. This is Mortal Kombat. We got to make it up to y'all for giving y'all the shit movie. We give me all two post credit scenes, bro. We have to. We we got to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. I all listen. Right, t- 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 tell me. Tell me. Tell me how it's gonna go. Okay. <clears throat> the first post credit scene has to, in some way, allude to some other characters that we didn't get to see in this movie here. It has to, you know. Yeah. Um, R- Raiden has to has to like make references. They're 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 the <clears throat> the elder gods created. You know, I don't know. The realms are comprised of more than just Earth realm and Outworld. We must gather warriors from other realms. So that's where you know we get references to Chaos Realm, Order Realm. Um. Uh, where the hell is Cole Khan from? I don't I don't even remember where he's from. But no, yeah, the, the other realms. Just the the other realms in general. Yeah, yeah, the other realms. We must gather warriors from other realms in order to combat this threat, right? <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> boom. That's where we get that there. Maybe we get a reference to Nightwolf. I would like to see Nightwolf in the in the mid credit scene. Most definitely. That would be cool. We get to see Nightwolf. 
and Jade in the mid credit scene because Jade is Kitana's best friend and wherever Kitana goes, Jade goes. So the introduction there, it might be corny, but we get the introduction to Jade in the mid credit scene because her and Nightwolf are going to be in the next movie. Um, or, okay. or in that mid credit scene, we can get what we normally get in the living forest. Remember in the living forest for DLC or whatever, where you would see a uh, smoke poke his head out from behind. Oh the yeah, tree. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See Jade poke her head out from behind the tree in the mid credit scene. Both of those things happen. We get smoke and Jade in the living forest poking their heads out. Looking at Earth Realms warriors making a plan, talking to Nightwolf around the fire. That's our mm-hmm. mid-credit scene right there. Smoke and Jade just happen to meet each other, and are they gonna fight there? Are they gonna keep quiet? What's gonna happen when the Earth Realm warriors realize they're being spied on by two different people? Are these two people working together? What's gonna happen, right? Boom, mid-credit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> post credit scene this is where it gets heavy at post credit scene alright we go back to Outworld a portal opens <laughs> portal opens and Quan Chi walks through the portal Quan Chi tells Shao Kahn I told you he would fail Kind of like what Granny Goodness told fucking Darkseid in the Snyder Cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> I told you I told you that Shang Tsung's ambitions outweighed his capabilities. Shao Kahn in return says, so what? I have what you want, Sorcerer. Get to the point. He says, Lord Shinnok would like to have a word with you. Camera goes back on Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn is holding the amulet in his hand. One hand he has the amulet. The other hand he has the hammer. He's debating, crushing the amulet. And he tells Quan Chi, what does he have to offer? And then, boom, goes the credits. We set up Mortal Kombat 3 with the Deadly Alliance. Instead of it being Quan Chi and Shang Tsung, the new Deadly Alliance is Shao Kahn and Shinnok leading mm-hmm. a joint invasion of Earth Realm between Outworld and the Nether Realm. Shinnok wants Raiden. Shao Kahn wants Earth Realm. What's going to happen? We don't know. Boom. That's Mortal Kombat 3 right there. Okay. <laughs> That was a that was a dope that was a dope ass fantasy book. Man. How that how that sound, brother? Talk to me. How that sound? Hey, hey, that sounds excellent. No, no, you know, you don't unless I interrupt you or I, I you give me like a good point to pause and say something. Most of the time, when you keep rolling, bro, I'm like, I see no problem here. I I agree. The only thing that was wrong and you ended up fixing was the uh, stuff with Scorpion. That's oh it. yeah, and and you know what? I, I agree with that because I think we need we need to save that for 
for later on. Like, yeah, we'll bring mm-hmm. Cole, we'll, we'll bring Cole Young back at Scorpion later on because yeah, that'd be a little bit overkill. But like, mm-hmm. that, that I, I, I'm interested to know how this gonna sound on the playback, dog. Like that sound kind of fire though. I ain't gonna front, man. It do, it do, it does, man. It does to me. Shoot, it does to me. The new the new deadly alliance between Shao Kahn and Shinnok would be fire because I don't, we've never got an interaction between those two. You know, we've been conditioned to think that the deadly alliance between uh, Quan Chi and Shang Tsung is what's there. But what happens when the bosses, what happens when the bosses meet up and decide, Mm -hmm. you know, to do some shit there? Like, I don't want to see Raiden fight regular fighters. I only want to see Raiden fight Shao Kahn. Yeah, I only want to see him fight Shao Kahn and Shinnok. You know what I mean? And and, and truth mm-hmm. be told, you know, when we when we get the fantasy book in Mortal Kombat three, it might get kind of ugly for Raiden, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It might get ugly for Raiden. I'm 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 of the. This is what I like here. In the opening of any movie that's a sequel, we got to raise the stakes. Somebody has to yes. get. You know what I mean? Like, in the first, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, even though it was trash, Johnny Cage was out of there within five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Infinity War, Thanos killed everybody on that ship and beat mm-hmm. them, like, and, 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 and did Hulk something foul. So, I like to establish something of great importance within the first ten minutes, bro, just to kind of let mm-hmm. people know that the bad guys are actually threats, but on the playback, mm-hmm. I want to. I, I want to know how this is gonna sound on the playback, bro. I like. I like fantasy booking, man. Like this might be mm-hmm. something else that we got to do on B roll, bro. Like most definitely. I don't, I don't know what what other properties do you think would, would would be a good idea to try to fantasy book, man. Oh, every, everything, man. Every everything. <laughs> any any any. It's like a what if. It's like your own version of what if. Yeah, bro. Yeah, no, but <clears throat> other than that, man, what what else we got, brother? How you feeling, man? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man. Uh, that, that, that edible is kicking in. Uh, <laughs> so. Oh, man. Wait, wait. How long ago you take that joint, man? Uh, oh, two hours? Oh, I'm man. just starting to feel it more. I'm just starting to feel it more. Like I felt it an hour ago, but I'm starting to feel it even more. Yo, all right. So, so when it comes to the edibles, I know that we we we've discussed this before, man. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the edibles, the thing that I want to try to get an understanding of here. <clears throat> Normally, how long does it take for it to kick in? And when it does kick in, how long do you feel the effects? Uh, for me, it takes, again, depends on milligram. Like tonight, this took it a hour. Um, in a dose, 30 minutes. And then as far as how long it lasts, bro? This can last until I go to bed. Uh, go to bed. So six, six. Well, go to bed and wake up sometimes. 
Because oh, sometimes I feel fake. Yeah. If I take a really high dose, one, one time I took one at 8 o'clock at night and I held it all the way until 11 o'clock the, uh, the next morning. 11 o'clock? Yes. But that, that, was, that, was like five, that was like 500 milligrams though, bro. That was like really high amount. So it, it, it just depends. 500 milligrams, dog? Yeah. So, <laughs> so... Yes, I did that once. That's, that's, when I, that's when I overshot real bad. So when it kicks in, then, mm-hmm. like, are you able to drive? What are your... Like, what's your uh, coordination like? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've, I've driven a few times, but I do not because <clears throat> for me, yeah, I'll, I'll lose my train of thought for like two, like literally two seconds. Mm-hmm. And you can't be doing that on, on when you're driving. You can't just suddenly forget for two seconds that you're driving. I agree. Okay. So, so, so in, in comparison to being like alcohol. Mm hmm. In comparison, oh, it, 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 this is this is doable more way more than alcohol. <clears throat> Compared to alcohol, I could probably on this. I could I could drive fine. I just have to really concentrate. It it depends on how the because it's a, there's a lot of levels to it. If you feel like you're gone, gone, then you, you you're you're ba- you're basically incapacitated. Now, if you're like midway through, that's be like close close to driving because I hold on you breaking up a little bit yeah you was breaking up a little bit my bad my bad yeah Uh, um it it just depends on levels I can snap myself out of it so I can I can go from being pretty high to feeling close to not being as high if I need to like if I was to get pulled over or something I immediately would come to it you know when it's when when you need when you need to like snap back into yourself, I can do it, but not everybody else can. Maybe if that makes any sense. Okay. <clears throat> oh man. Okay. Have you ever been cross faded between alcohol and an edible before? Most definitely, I've done it twice. And and, and that was that was probably not a good feeling, was it? No, it, it was good because I, I, was, I was at a good half and half with both. Okay. But mm-hmm. if I'd done more of either or, I would have I had a bad time. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> very, very interesting, bro, because <laughs> Donovan's story of being on an edible was was hilarious man that shit was hilarious bro so you know <clears throat> very very interesting man like what are your thoughts on and, and i don't want to I'm, I'm not advocating anybody using any kind of substances or anything like that but what are your thoughts on marijuana bro how do you feel Le- about, about marijuana Legal, legalizing anyone that's uh 18 and up i think should be allowed to use it I feel like more people, because more people already do use it more than alcohol. Um, 
In fact, uh, one of the reasons why it's not getting legalized is because the alcohol company is actually afraid of it. Because mm-hmm. once, once that happens, that's going to start dipping. Especially when the people who were, you know, scared to try it, were, uh, once they realize, uh, start trying it and they realize they like it, uh, alcohol will definitely take a dip. Okay. So with that being said, then, in Texas, is, mm-hmm. is marijuana legal? Uh, no, but it is for uh, medicinal use out here. So meaning that you need to have a, a medical card in order yes. to use right? Yes. But recreationally, it is still, you know, criminalized in the state of Texas, right? Y- y- yes, but uh, the penalties are supposedly more relaxed. Okay. So with that being said, then at some point, because you know, I, obviously, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't use marijuana. I don't, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't indulge. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's interesting to me that the, the way that it shifted in recent years, the way that it's kind of looked at now in comparison to how it was looked at, you know, fifteen years, right. Now, on one end, I can see, okay, prime example, Shakari Richardson, and you know, she's from Dallas, Texas. She missed out on the Olympics because of marijuana use, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it was legalized, she still would have been able to compete. I can't say one way or the other that marijuana is a performance enhancer the same way that hormones and testosterone and those kind of things are right mm-hmm. right however the other way to look at this too though is and and i don't want to sound like that guy but as an olympic athlete i don't know i feel that yes on one end of it she probably should have been allowed to compete in the olympics but on the other end of it as an Olympic caliber athlete, you're supposed to be clean. You know what I'm saying? You're, mm-hmm. There's a reason why you're competing at the highest level of athletic competition. If you're doing that with drugs in your system, even though it might not be a performance enhancer and it's not necessarily viewed as a harmful substance, it's not fitting of an Olympic caliber athlete. Am I wrong mm-hmm. in thinking that, or you, you like you kind of get what? Yeah, I'm I saying? get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. No, no, you're not wrong in thinking that. I don't. I don't know that the penalty should have been her not being allowed to compete because you know the Olympics mm-hmm. is every four years, bro. Like it, that's a long time to wait. Very long time, bro. And mm-hmm. it's like that's not. You know, to take that opportunity from somebody that's been training for as long as they've been training that hasn't taken any performance enhancer is a little bit steep. Mm-hmm. I agree. There. I don't think the penalty should have been her being disqualified. The penalty could have been a fine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It could have been like increased testing for it during the actual Olympic competition, but. Right. This is one of those things. 
I think in the future, though, that won't even be a, com- a conversation. But I don't know. I agree. It, it, it's kind of hard to say, man. Like, it, it's, it's kind of hard to say. I have mixed feelings towards the whole dispensary scene and people being able to make money off of it, though. Like, I have a different kind of attitude towards that, but then that might get a little controversial, bro. <laughs> Uh, I almost want to. I'll ask off podcast. Yeah, that that might be a little bit controversial, but I have mixed feelings towards that because you know, prior to the great green wave in America producing multimillionaires, you know, there were laws that were in place that kind of prevented the same thing from happening for people of a different skin color. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is not this is not the you know, we we trying to open up nobody's third eye here, as Donovan would <laughs> say, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> but last but not least, I mean we've been on B roll for a little bit of time here, but before we wrap this up here, brother, I wanna ask you this, man. All right. Fourth of July is in two days. When D Smith is on the grill, man, what what are the go- what are the go tos on the grill for D Smith, man? What's the go tos, brother? Um, some chicken, um, probably some breast chicken, maybe some uh, legs. Uh, depending on if I know somebody at the time, some so- maybe some sausages, and then of course ribs. R- ribs is ch- mostly chicken and ribs is is the family go to right okay. there. So with you being in with you being in Texas, they get down on some barbecue down there, right? So of course, <laughs> with with you being down in Texas, this is the question I'm gonna ask, bro. Do you put the sauce on before or after you're done grilling what's on the grill? How do you because- get, how do you get the best result? I, I I don't I don't do it their way, man. I, I, my the the California is still in me, man. I put the sauce on, but uh, before, maybe sometimes after, or I'll put it on the side. They condition me to do that. It's put the sauce on the side sometimes when I cook. <laughs> okay, so so you so you don't put the sauce on whatever you're grilling while it's on the grill. You don't do it that way. You don't let the sauce cook into it. While no, 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 for the most part, I do that, but sometimes because the way they have me conditioned, I'll do that instead. Okay. What, are, what is the protocol for Texas barbecue? How do they do it down there? Um, bro, I don't do it. I, I do it exactly like I do it. So it, it's not like the way they do it. Um, we got uh, guys who, who, especially during like 4th of July, They'll uh they'll set up somewhere. Um, if they have their own truck, they'll set up the smoker like early in the morning, like four or five o'clock in the morning, and start smoking their meat. Mine is sitting in the fridge, and I, I don't do nothing special. My grandfather died away before he can pass on like my, his really good techniques of how he used to smoke, but um. I just cook it like a regular person does on the grill. But out out here, if you, if you're serious, like I, 
I have a neighbor two doors down. Chances are he's going to be smoking at four or five o'clock in the morning, and I'm going right. to smell it through my window. Okay, so all right, this is the question then, though. What's the big? What is the biggest difference between smoking something and grilling? Uh, more pa- you get that love in there, man. You get those hours, those aged hours of smoked meat. You get all that extra flavor, probably better seasoning. I mean, my cabinet is good, but not better than what they got out there. Versus me just throwing some stuff on there and they cook it for 20, 30 minutes. Versus someone that cooked, slow cooked it all, all morning. That's the biggest difference. You said that's the biggest difference. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably better seasoned. Smoked, smoked and cooked longer. And I won't, yeah. I'll, I'll say they probably got better meat, but probably not by much. I get decent meat every once in a while. Okay. So what you're saying then, so is Texas known more for smoking than grilling? Is that what you're saying? Uh, where I live and the people I deal with, uh, yes, smoking more, more than grilling it. Hmm, interesting. Okay, okay. It, it, bro. It really just depends because you got pe- people out. Like, if you go, if I, I could probably hit like ten smokers out here just in my neighborhood. But other than that, there might be people just getting on the grill. It just depends. Okay, very interesting, man. Because when 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 me and my wife grill, I tend to try to throw the sauce either on the chicken or, you know what I'm saying, the steak or mm-hmm. whatever, right kind of before it's actually done so that the sauce can kind of cook into it. That's mm-hmm. my preferred way of doing it when I grill. I don't really like to put the sauce on anything after I'm done because, you know, it's not really cooking into it. But my preferred method is to do it that way. I like, I like for the sauce to kind of lock in, bro. Yeah, a lot of them love that dry, that dry rub shit. That annoys the hell out of me. And what way? Why is that? I'm, I'm, I'm old school, man. I like my sauce on, on top. Hmm. Where, where we, where I come from, we, we, it's, it's cooked in. So, it's, it's just the way my grandfather used to do it. So, I'm used to that. Hmm, okay. But that that dry rub stuff sometimes I I, I look at I look at them crazy. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. All right. On on that note, you know what I mean. I, I think we can wrap it up there, brother. We we got some quality some quality shit in there, man. I hope I hope this comes out pretty good on the playback, man. You know what I mean. Have a safe and happy Fourth of July down there, brother. You know what I mean. Get over that. Get over that little. Uh, you know that little. That little thing that you, that little mm-hmm. bump in the road, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With that, that full recovery in, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Try to well, rest yeah. up a little bit. Shit, I don't know, man. I might even, I might even jump back in here tomorrow, bro. You never know, bro. <clears throat> okay. <laughs>